0: you gotta have a concept you have a great concept you guys are doing it man and it's a it's an honor for me to just be you know a small rock man in your mountain i'm gonna pop a top in your honor mr doc walker
1: blessed us with his presence and now we want to welcome in our next special guest, Haley Skarupa. She's a three-time world champion in women's ice hockey and most recently won Olympic gold with Team USA. The
2: Caps Stadium Series is definitely my favorite, obviously. Um, I'm a huge Caps fan. I always have been. And to be there at that game with my teammates and for us to bring you know our gold medals to, to there and share it with everyone in this area was really, really special for me. And just the support and it's been tremendous from everyone in this area and you can feel that there at that game
0: welcome to sports on the hill podcast hashtag dc sports without the politics
3: with carol and robbie on true radio network
0: we don't have a Exciting show like we had last week with Victory Monday. We got a lot of talk about about this Washington football team and some of the fanfare that's uh, going on, not in a good way. There's a lot of negative stuff out there about the team. Even it was negative stuff out there last week after they won. So we're going to talk about that in the second hour of the show. We're going to have a fantasy football segment also, talk about some of the, uh, you know, fantasy football things going on. I actually lost. Uh, my game by one point yesterday. My defense got me zero. My tight end got me 1.8 and yeah, it was just an ugly, ugly loss to lose by one point and still have an underachieving squad. It's just frustrating. We're going to talk about that in a second now along with some NHL recap of the conference finals and the start of the Stanley Cup finals and I believe there's a live game tonight that we'll be giving some updates in the Stanley Cup finals also. But that's not before we cover the Nats, which will be starting shortly. And we'll give our NBA roundtable the floor so they can break down the we'll finish and recap the second round of the playoffs and start breaking down the conference finals in each of the conferences that just started last week. I uh, hope everyone had a good day. Make sure you go check out sportsothp.com for all the episodes, links, articles. YouTube channel, the Pearl Line, rocking the Sports OTH Pearl as usual. You know, Robbie got the district of champions pillow behind him. You know. So make sure you go check out the website, Top Some Gear, help support the movement. Robbie G, how you doing tonight, good sir?
1: I'm doing well. It's uh gonna be uh an interesting night. We've got a, a ton of stuff to cover and uh but it should be it should be a good one, uh for sure. Um couple of just breaking news things we'll talk about off the top. Uh, it's not breaking news because it happened last week on a Tuesday. You got to love when breaking news happens the day after a podcast, uh, especially then six days later. It's not breaking anymore. But I'm sure people have heard by now that uh, Peter LaViolette will be the next coach of the Washington Capitals. That's really exciting. It's somebody that I've been pushing for hard. Um This, uh, you know, this entire uh, time. I mean, since we've talked about it, he's been my number one guy. So I'm happy that they picked him. It's a guy I wanted from before Trotz's time. When they picked Trotz, I actually wanted him. And so it'll be interesting to see if he can somehow get us a Stanley Cup as well. I think he is a great coach. Uh, Has some of the best uh, numbers out of any U.S.-born coach in history. Uh, His record is 637. 425 25 and 123 so he had some ties that's how long he's been coaching He still has ties on his uh, record uh but uh yeah he's uh, second in wins among u.s born coaches and has led 11 different teams to postseason appearances uh, and he's gone to the cup in three different with three different teams uh, he won with carolina and he uh, lost with philadelphia and nashville in 2017 and uh, so, yeah, it's uh, exciting news. We'll talk about that more during our hockey talk. Uh, tonight's show is going to be in different segments. We're going to talk a couple, one other big news and note uh, in a second, but then we're going to talk about the Nets. we have the NBA playoffs. Uh, we have a whole roundtable for that. And then we've got some football talk, including some fantasy football. Uh, then we'll end the show uh, live looking in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, the finals are happening live. We'll recap what happened. So far in the series, how we got here, uh, but also um, uh, take a look at some of these things, and to, including we'll talk more about the coach and his other piece of news, uh, which is John Carlson did not win the Norris Trophy. I know some people are out there in arms already saying that he got robbed, but uh, I think we'll talk about a little later how I, in fact, think he played himself out of it in the second half of the season. Sadly, I think it's still his best season to date. Uh, that's not the cup year, but... Um, you know, individual accolades is probably his best year, but I still think there could have been uh, more in the second half when it mattered. Uh, and there's some injuries and some issues that came up, but uh, the other player that we'll talk about that won it, I think deserved it. Uh, you uh, Yossi. So um, uh, Roman Josie, I'm sorry. Uh, so uh, he's been great for the Predators. So uh, yeah, so that's uh, the big news is John Carlson's not, going to be the Norris trophy. I know that Johnny for Norris has been sort of the trending topic for Caps fans this whole season, uh, and that's disappointing. But we got a new coach, uh, and we're bringing back much of the same team. There's also rumors about OV's contract being rejected. I want to make sure that everybody understands the team goes low. He goes high. They come somewhere in the middle. This is how negotiations work. We've got a year to work it out. I don't think it'll take the full year. Hopefully it happens before training camp. It doesn't matter if it doesn't. I don't think it's going to be a distraction, uh, but people are like, oh, my God, you know, the team uh, didn't want to do 12 million or he didn't want to do the 9.5 or 10 or whatever. People have to understand this is how contracts work. And this is how negotiations work. I'm not even sure he has an agent yet. I mean, if you remember, Nicholas Backstrom didn't have an agent. He did his own contract. I wonder if maybe he'll have Nikki do his contract. That would be kind of funny, right? Give him that percentage extra. Uh, for taking the team-friendly deal. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll we'll see what happens uh, with that. But I just want people to pump the brakes. People were super excited when there was rumors that something had been given to him. They got super negative when things got supposedly rejected, even though none of it's official. Uh, so I want people to understand these are a lot of rumors and a lot of things go on in the off offseason. Uh, when it does happen and he has a contract in hand or that he's rejected and said, I'll never come back, We'll be the first to tell you so just stay tuned to our page but uh it's definitely uh not the highs or the lows that some fans kind of take it through i just want to remind some fans about some of that but uh carol that's a a couple of things that are going on in the sports world uh, how are you doing
0: i'm doing okay man i'm over here making sure these live streams going on i've been having some funny things happening with my live streams lately uh with the setup and everything so I'm just making sure everything's up and running on my side. Yeah, the Peter Laviolette hiring. You know, like I said, I wasn't, you know, as gung ho as you guys are getting them on. But if he's here, if he can help the team, you know, get back to that ultimate level, and you know, get the Stanley Cup because I love to go to another parade because that shit was great. Um, and then with the OV contract, like you said, negotiations. Um, hopefully, they can get the deal done sooner rather than later. Get this thing taken care of. Make sure he retires, uh, uh Washington capital Hopefully, with one, two, maybe three Stanley Cups under his belt, and you know, he can ride off into the sunset and do and raise his uh, little hockey players up to be great hockey players and start this cycle all over again.
1: Real quickly, I do want to point out because somebody said, Oh, don't pay him over 10 million dollars. First of all, I think he deserves whatever. I think the value for his contract should be between 10 and $11 million shouldn't be as high as 12 shouldn't be as low as nine. But and some people are like, Oh, that's way too much. You could develop a lot of young talent, blah, 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 blah. Face to the franchise. He sells seats. He's still producing. He gets whatever he wants, assuming it's not North of $12 million. Right. I mean, 12 is be crazy just because of his age and where it would end. Uh, but I understand if he doesn't want to do 10. Yeah, that's why I'm thinking 10 and a half, 11 is where I'm thinking the contract should be. Uh, but I'm not surprised he asked for 12, right? I mean, he's consistently been one of the best producers of goals, you know, in the league for the last 10 years. And he deserves to end his career at Washington Capital, even if that means that for a couple of years we might not have prospects or uh, we're going to be cap crunch. Because, yes, the cap is uh, kind of locked in for next year, but it will go up again. So uh, I think that we'll be fine over the long term. People are talking about how Crosby took a more cap-friendly deal. Uh, That's true. It was also a longer deal, so um, you know it's good if he gets injured. It sort of protects him, but it's worse for him on the back end. I don't blame Ovechkin for trying to get the most he wants out of potentially his last contract.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, the contract that's expiring now was one of the. You know, Richards when he signed it, he's still performing at a high level, still, you know, went into the top goal scorer of the uh of the league tied again this year. And, you know, mm-hmm. he's playing more complete hockey the older he's gotten because he isn't the young guy that can just run around the whole night, you know, laying the wood to people, you know, forward checking everything. He plays smarter now. So I mean, 10, 11 million, why not? He's gonna be chasing uh Gretzky for the all-time goal scoring league. You know, team is still going to be in contention because the talent around them. I don't see no reason why not. And so what happened when they didn't pay trots? That's all I'm going to say.
1: I agree 100%. Well, let's, uh, since it's already 15 minutes in to what should have been a 30-minute segment, but the Nats are kind of up and down. I don't know if we need to give them a full 30 this week, but uh, um, we'll talk about them for as much as you want to. Uh, it was a little disappointing up and down. I did catch a couple of games, but not – I didn't take it quite as seriously um, as some, you know, it's it's been frustrating uh, to say the least because you definitely see in some games they're promised, but in other games they just completely fall apart. And, um, you know, I, I don't think that I see from them the urgency. Like I saw more urgency from Miami in this series than I did from, you know, the Nationals. I think they kind of already know they're out of it, even with this exp- extended format. So, uh, but, you know, it is what it
0: is. Yeah, it was uh, up and down week, three and four. They had uh, two double headers in this week, which is, you know, we talked about that last week. Uh, <sighs> yeah, it is kind of disappointing to talk about, it, even though they're currently up 2 nothing over Philly, uh, bottom of the third. 3-2 pitch will look like, is that solo at the plate? Yeah, it looked like that solo at the plate, 3-2. Mats up two nothing, no outs in the bottom of the third. Uh we saw this team uh play like it's played all season. Inconsistent up and down. It went three and four in the week. Uh went one and one versus the Rays and went two and three versus the Marlins. Um yeah, it just pitching, giving up home runs and inconsistency from the team overall offensively, some games they getting one run some games they're putting up 15 just haven't had the consistency that we saw at the later part of the season last year and uh now they the injuries played a major role in that with the pitching with strasburg uh you know with rendon being gone with soto being out for a little while with the elbow and covid situation and just you know it wasn't the same team from last year you know we I know myself. I would hope they were at least going to make the playoffs to at least try to defend their title, but unfortunately, uh, things went a separate way. So, you know, we can break down this week re- re- real quick. Did we have uh, Brian coming in tonight? Yep. Or Rune? Yep.
1: yep. They were Hello. Both of them, Brian and Arun are both yeah, here.
0: Right. I was about to say. I knew my, I knew my baseball buddies was around, not too far away. <laughs> What's going on, Brian? What's going on, Arun? How y'all doing tonight?
3: doing pretty well thanks for having me on carol
0: hey man no problem man you know we want to try to break down this week that was there's only one more week in the uh, national season so then we can do our postseason uh you know recaps like we do with basketball we can still follow the baseball season even though the Nats look like they aren't going to be in the postseason but um looking we'll forward just- to that you know what, Brian? You just said I'm about to mute your mic. <laughs> it's too early in the segment for you to be sorry, 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 sorry.
4: <laughs>
0: too early in the segment already. Jeez. Uh, the Nats went, uh, as I said, one and one versus the Rays. Uh, excuse me. First game was a 6-1 six, six, loss. Really nothing offensively to talk about in that game. Ryan Yarbrough earned the win. He broke a 15-game losing streak. Unfortunately, it was against the Nats. He went five and two-thirds, giving up five hits, one-earned run with five strikeouts. Annabelle Sanchez took the loss. That puts him at two and five on the season. He lasted four and one-third, giving up seven hits, six-earned runs with four strikeouts and one walk. Uh, Nick Anderson earned the save on two-thirds of an inning, giving up no hits, no runs with two strikeouts. Uh, the second game of the series, the Nats won that one in extra innings and went 10. Nats ended up winning 4-2. to They were powered by two home runs, one by uh, uh, Cabrera. Uh, uh, Cabrera. Uh, it was his seventh for the season and uh, Luis Garcia hit a two-run home run in the 10th inning to uh, give the Nats the lead and uh, Kyle McGowan earned his first save. He went one inning, giving him no hits, no earned runs, with three strikeouts. Daniel Hudson earned the win. Ironically, he blew the save in the bottom of the ninth, giving up a, I believe it was a, might have been a home run. I can't remember. I wrote it down, but I can't read my handwriting. Uh, that puts him at two and two. Uh, he went an inning, giving him a one hit, one earned run with two strikeouts. And Nick Anderson earned the loss. That puts him at one and one. Gave up one hit, two runs. One of them earned with uh, three strikeouts and no walks and the Nats were able to get a split against the Rays who they swept the week before. Uh, Rune, what did you take away from this uh, series against the Rays besides the inconsistency of this team?
5: Yeah, the Rays and the Nationals are in, like, different, like, stages. Like, the Rays are already preparing for the postseason. They started – the strategy of starting an opener where they bring somebody in just briefly in the first inning, and they were undefeated using the strategy so far this season they were 4-0 until the game on the 16th and then um, Cabrera hit a two-run homer and then Brandon Lowe got a a solo homer off of Hudson which so he blew another save but at least uh, in the extra innings it's good to see Garcia swinging away and the Rays weren't expecting it on the first pitch and the first player born in the 2000s in the major leagues came through.
0: That's my man, Luis Garcia. Uh, he's going to, that's why I say that he, when I asked last week about do you think this is just, you know, a one year law Do you think they're going to be like this for a while? I think they're going to bounce back just because of the time that they had with the full season. Because, yeah, 60 games just wasn't enough for them to go through the ups and downs. Brian, did you uh, get a chance to check out this series real quick with it being one of your uh, divisional guys?
3: Um, yeah, I saw the highlights of both games in this series, and um, both Anibal Sanchez and um, Daniel Hudson have been both pretty disappointing this season for the Nats. Another blown save for Hudson in that game. They did still win the game, but, you know, you don't want to see that from Hudson. And uh, Sanchez, has, like you said, his record's been awful. And in the games that I've seen Sanchez, he's mostly been pretty bad. So um, that's frustrating for the Nats as well. That's a guy who was still reliable for them last season when they won it all, and now here he is struggling again. But um, you love to see Garcia hitting the home run. He's part of the future, like Garun said, youngest player in the league, first player born in the 2000s. So you love to see him hit the big home run. And um, we'll see what McGowan has, too. He pitched later in the Marlins series and didn't pitch very well. But um, it is good that he got the save. As a Yankee fan, I love that you beat Tampa at least once because we're fighting with them. I mean, we're a little bit behind, but – we still have a chance in the division, so anytime Tampa loses, it's good. But, um, I mean, home field, it's going to be really different this year in the postseason, so we'll see how that goes.
0: Definitely. It's going to be real different with the uh, COVID situation. Everything is different right now. So, you see the finals in the country starting. You see the bubble with the NBA. So, it's interesting to see how things fold out with the MLB. Uh, getting back to the week that was, they uh, had five games against the Marlins. First one was a doubleheader, which they the Nationals won five to nothing behind Eric Fetty, who actually didn't give up any home runs that game, which I was shocked about. That's one of the things that he does each outing. That puts him at two and three. He went six innings, giving up one hit. No one runs with six strikeouts and two walks. Uh, six-toe Sanchez. I know that's probably not pronounced right, but that's what it's spelled. No, it
3: is right. You got it right.
0: I got, hey, hey, thanks, Brian. I, got, yeah. I thought I was just saying the wrong. He's
3: a stud prospect.
0: Uh, okay. Well, he's a three and two. He went four innings, giving up five hits. I mean, eight hits, five runs, two strikeouts, and two walks. Uh, Luis Garcia went two for three with the RBI double. Uh, Andrew Stevenson went one for three with a two-run RBI single. Uh, the second game of the doublehead, unfortunately, didn't turn out as well for the Nets. They were beat down pretty bad, 14 to three. Uh, Yimi Garcia won the game for the Marlins. He puts him at three and oh. He uh, went two thirds of an inning giving a one hit, no run runs, one strikeout and one walk. Uh, Will Crow took the loss for the Nationals and puts him at zero and two. He only lasted two and a third with four hits, six runs, three strikeouts and two walks. Uh, Garcia went three for four excuse me, Soto went two for three with the RBI single, and Josh Harrison went one for three with the RBI single. Uh, the next game, uh, excuse me, was a seven to three loss. Uh, Pablo Lopez took the win for the Marlins, puts him at five and four. He went five and a third, giving him three hits. Uh, two runs, seven strikeouts and two walks. Patrick Corbin continues his losing streak. That puts him at two and six. He went six innings, giving up 14 hits seven earned runs with seven strikeouts and no walks. He uh, yeah, he gave him a couple of home runs and some bad times. Uh, the Nats gave up three innings with the Marlins score of four runs in each. That blew this game wide open. Not only bright spot for the Nationals. Andrew Stevenson went one for two with another two-run RBI single to still put the Nats to take that loss seven to three. Uh the fourth and fifth game was a doubleheader play yesterday. First game, and that's the two to one loss. Uh, Sandy Alcantara. Hope I got that right. You did. Three and two. Hey, thanks, Brian. I know, I know yep. you knew these names. No problem, I
3: man. No problem.
0: <laughs> love having a good, I love having team sports on THP. We always <laughs> got it on point, baby. He went uh, six innings, giving up five hits, one or a run, with four strikeouts, and two walks. Uh, Mad Max took the loss that puts him at four and four. He went five and two thirds, giving him five hits, two runs, not earned due to an error, unfortunately. Uh, Six strikeouts, two walks. Brandon Kitzler got earned the save. He went an inning giving him two hits, no earned runs with a strikeout and a walk. Uh, Trey Turner went one for for four with a lone RBI single of the game. And the last game of the doubleheader in the series, the Nats busted out to redeem themselves and beat the Marlins 15 to nothing. Uh, ben Bramer earned the win. That puts him at 1-0. and 0. He went five innings, giving up one hit. No earned runs with four strikeouts and three walks. Braxton Garrett took the loss. That puts him at 1-1. One and one. He went two and two-thirds, giving up five hits, five earned, five runs. Four of those earned two strikeouts and two walks. Uh, Trey Turner had a solo home run in an the RBI single his 10th home run of the season Uh, Cabrera went three for five with a three run home run and had four RBIs. That was his eighth home run of the season. Victor Robles went one for four with a two run home run. That was his third Michael Taylor went uh, one for four with a two run home run. Also that was his fifth and Kurt Suzuki went two for four with a solo home run his second of the season. He had three RBI in that game. Uh, Brian, what did you take away from this five-game series against the Marlins that the Nets were able to earn two victories out of five, and that's pretty much been the way the season's been?
3: Yeah, pretty much more inconsistency. Like you said, that's the way the season's been. Uh, the Marlins, I've been following them a little bit because they're an interesting story this year. Um, they're, they're in all likelihood going to make the postseason, which is crazy considering that I believe they have – one of, if not the lowest payrolls in all of baseball, and they were pretty much expected to do nothing. And on top of that, they had the whole COVID situation at the start of this season where they missed a whole bunch of games and they had to make all those games up. So the Marlins are a crazy story this year, and it's crazy that they're going to actually make the postseason. But, um, yeah, more inconsistency from the Nats. And, um, you know, I shout out to the two constants on this team that have been good all season. And Trey Turner, like you said, another great game. And Cabrera, another great game, too. Those two guys have really been the two constants all season for the Nats and a season that's been up and down. They've been the two constants. And just one last thing, um, on Saturday, uh, after the game on Saturday, the Nationals' record was 19-31. and 31. And if you'll remember correctly, their record last year was 19-31 and 31 after the same number of games, and they won the World Series. It's going to be a bit of a different outcome this season, but I thought that was kind of cool. Hey, yeah. thanks,
0: Brian. I, I really appreciate you bringing that <laughs> that fun fact to the broadcast.
1: Sorry. No. I, no, I actually <laughs> saw everyone sharing it, and Ben Raby actually had an interesting tidbit because when it was 19 and 31, the last time, you know they had a chance to still have a winning record, obviously, but because there's only 60 games, by definition, that 31st loss, meant that they were going to have a losing record this season for sure so crazy yeah so it's a very different season it's a shortened season so we don't make a lot of it the thing that i'm the most upset about is this is the year where you celebrate your championship right so there's no been no fans at nats park we haven't been able to celebrate you know i missed going to a game with my dad this year and you know it's the first year we haven't seen a game together in probably 10 years and um, it's tough because we could have looked out there and been like, oh, cool, there's a pennant there now, you know? Like, i yeah. celebrate even if we're not there that first game. But now that whole year is gone, and I know at some point we'll get back into Nats Park, but it's not going to have the allure to look at 2019 in the same way, you know, if it's 2021 or well, 2022, you know? At, at
3: least you got to go to a parade. I mean, that was Yeah, that's cool, true. No, like,
1: I am I'm, I'm happy we got that. I feel really bad for the Mystics, who never yeah, got their true. parade. Like, and that kind of sucks. Like I, you know, and there's a lot of teams that I are gonna.
0: They, they did have, it, they did have a parade. It was on a smaller scale. But no, I think no, it they, 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 when I what, think.
1: what, what happened was they had an event and people yeah, could come yeah, and yeah. celebrate it. But then there, the parade was going to be right around the start of the next season. Wow. And then obviously they had to go to the bubble format you know after it was delayed and so that just never happened it just and i I feel bad for the teams that win this year i'm happy that we have sports it's been great to watch it but it's not going to be the same and in some cases um you know the Nats uh championship tour as they call it right you know kind of gets a little bit lost in this year and it's disappointing because we won't have a chance to repeat obviously and we won't you know, ever have that opportunity, you know, at least until we, you know, win it again, hopefully down the line. But it's, it's going to be interesting. You know, it's one of the things I was thinking about. Wow, that's kind of sad that, you know, all the fans that wanted to go see those, that pennant this year, you know, unfortunately missed out on that.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, you know, this situation has taken some of the luster off of the championship, but. Hey, I still watch the replay of the games. I still watch I still it. have a, a I giant. I keep it alive, Danny.
1: I mean, that thing's bigger than me. I don't know if people can tell that, but, like, you know, I, I'll, I'll hang that banner forever, so. I'm not you know. even
3: a Nationals fan, and I still have the fight finish sign that I got at the parade, so I still yes. have that hanging in my room, so I'll have that memory from
0: 2019. Hey, for sure. Man, that was a hell of a run, man. You can still enjoy it until the, the new champion is uh, crowned at the end of the season, so. Yeah, it's it was a good run. Well, let's get ready to uh, wrap up real quick, like we might be able to get on time into the NBA segment. The upcoming schedule, as we mentioned, they're playing the Phillies right now. They're still up 2-0. This top of the four Phillies have two on with one out, one-one with the man at the plate now. Sanchez on the mound. Uh they have a four-game series versus the Phillies. Uh they have the ninth game started at 605. They have a doubleheader tomorrow. Starting the first game is at 3:05. The second game is at 6:05. Then the last game of the series is Wednesday, 6:05 uh, start. Then uh, they have the Mets, which is a Thursday and Friday are both 6:05 starts. Saturday is a 7:07 start, and the last game of the season for the Nationals will be a 3:05 start on Sunday versus the Mets to end this unlikely season of. Defending their title in the playoffs—sad uh, to say that—but like I said, I'm still gonna really be watching the old footage of the championship. I can't
1: believe they have eight games this week. So many games—it's—it's it's crazy. Um, you know,
0: yeah, had to get those makeup games in. Double header—that's I say that I didn't even realize it was two double headers last week. That is kind of rough. Mean other teams have had to do some of the same things. Well, so. at least
1: they had two double headers last week, but they also had a day off this week. They have two double headers and no days off, so it's even worse. Like, you know, yeah. so it's like that's um, that's it's gonna be rough for them, but I mean, they're not gonna have much baseball to play after that, so I guess you know, get it in while you can. And so, um, but you know, I'm still proud of the team, they still you know, competed you know, well with all the injuries and, and things, and it's just a weird season. Like, who knows what would have happened in a regular season, so. I know some people are like down on them or whatever, but it's like, I don't want this to lose shine for, you know, what 2019 was, was incredible. We can still celebrate that. Even if 2020 was just this odd, weird year, um, you know, I'm still going to be interested in in the baseball playoffs, especially once these uh, basketball playoffs die down. I'm so interested in the format. So Brian, real quickly, eight teams are making it right. Yes. From each each league, from each league. And is it three-game series
6: for all of yeah. them? Or?
3: Yeah. The first round is a best of three. It's all at the higher seed's uh, site. So um, all three games will be at – if you're the one seed versus the eight seed, all three games will be at the seed – the one seed's uh, field. And yeah. then
1: after that, it's um, neutral site the rest of the way. So all three games. So they don't switch. It's, it's No. There's no wow. traveling or anything. Yep. No well, traveling. It's a huge advantage for the higher seeds for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting. All right. That, that's good to know. I didn't know how they were doing it. So, yeah. uh, so yeah, so we'll break down the last week for the Nets next week. And then after that, uh, baseball talk might shift in time, but we'll definitely, uh, not extensively every series, but briefly talk about a bunch of the different series. And we'll talk a little bit about it in the first couple of weeks, but then we'll probably come back to it even more once the NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs. Uh, die down, and then we can do a little larger segments about it as well. So, uh, good. sounds good. Yeah, it yeah, sounds good. Um, all righty. Uh, I guess that that's it, right? So, we've gone over all the games, and there's pretty much all that we can talk about for the Nationals for this week. And, uh, Carol, anything else before we switch into a little bit of basketball talk?
0: Uh, nah, I'm about to go ahead and sit back, let you talk about some NBA and uh, get ready for football, talk some fantasy football, some NFL and watch the football team so i'm about to go ahead and get off camera let y'all go ahead and rock and roll
1: sounds good all right well um thank you carol and uh, thank you guys for uh, covering such a great baseball talk we're gonna bring in tim right now as well um and uh, in a second we'll uh, bring in another guest uh so uh it's a very exciting week um uh to talk about uh basketball so i'm happy we have a couple of extra minutes because i definitely think we could use it uh, we've got a lot of series uh to break down um so uh well uh i guess i'll let each one of you guys uh help me break down the east uh we're gonna get uh oh well here he is uh dc's people's champ we're gonna bring in as well and uh so uh he's gonna try in some new technology we're always trying to Upgrade the situation. There we go. The man, the myth, the legend. DC's People's Champ. How are you doing?
4: Trying to figure all this technology shit out, man. This is ridiculous. I've got to have a green screen <laughs> all this other stuff, man. I'm too old for this crap, man. Anyway, right. How I,
1: can you- show you how to, I can show you how to do it without the green screen. You can do virtual backgrounds. It depends, though. You've got a lot of light in your background, so you may need a green screen, so that, that might make some sense. Uh, yeah, but I
4: have, to, uh, have have the, I have to have the hell light on because I'm dark. Right, <laughs>
1: <laughs> become just a ghost, right? Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's good to have you. Uh, we're gonna break down the Eastern Conference first, and then we're gonna break down uh, the Western Conference, and then uh, uh, talk about some of the upcoming games. It's weird; we actually have a lull today. Today is the one day where there isn't a conference final game. Uh, I, I kind of thought there should have been a Lakers game, um, but I understand why they're uh, trying to stretch it out a little bit. Uh, I think that they were very smart with how they scheduled both the NHL and the NBA um, around some of the NFL stuff. Cause I knew that they had to consider things a little differently than they usually would have to. I think the timing actually works out pretty well. It's kind of perfect for tonight's show, um, but let's talk about the Eastern conference first. Uh, we're going to go around. Uh, we're going to start with you actually, Deuce's people champ. What are your thoughts on uh, this sort of surprising first three games Maybe I'll actually, before I get your thoughts, I'll just go through the scoring and then uh, I'll let you give your take on all three games uh, overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it, it's been an interesting series. Not quite how I thought it would go, uh, but the, uh, the Celtics uh, kind of, uh, I thought would play a little bit better. Uh, they lost the first two games to the Heat. They lost on Tuesday and on Thursday, both in close games. The first game they lost Uh, 117 to 114 and Miami won the second game 106 to 101 Uh, but then Boston did rebound uh, quote unquote at Miami right because we clearly that matters Um, and uh, they won 117 to 106 uh, in in a rebound game that they had to win because if they went down 03 I think they were done for sure Uh, but uh, Ken what are some of your thoughts on uh, the series that you've seen so far?
4: Well, I have three takeaways from this series so far. The first takeaway is what you just mentioned that those first two games were close games. From what I saw, they shouldn't have been close. Both times, Boston was really running those dudes, but they let Miami come back on them and they ended up losing in overtime on Tuesday and then losing in a close game on Thursday that they had in hand. They didn't learn how to put the foot on the neck and crush the windpipe, as Doc Walker once said. They did it this past game. Game three, they did it. They got out in front and stayed out in front. They went wire to wire. So that's one takeaway. They got to learn that if they get a lead like that, they better put the foot on the windpipe and crush them. Otherwise, they're going to come back. Two, Miami is a complete team. They know the dynamic of team. I can't tell you how many alley-oops I counted them dudes doing in these three games. I mean, every time it was some kind of alley, and it was like a no-look alley. Like, they knew it was going to be there. That's the epitome of a team. And number three, why are we not talking about what is that kid's name? Oh my goodness, his name is escaping me. It's uh oh my goodness, hold on. I'm about to check right quick. But his name is uh something. What is it? What is it? What is it? Hero Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero. Hero. We need to be talking about that kid. He is something he is nice. He balled out these three games, especially in game in um game three, where he had think like 13 or 15 points in one quarter. He's a a beast. So those are my three takeaways from the East. So far, I'm still sticking with the Heat's going to advance in six games, the way this is going. It's still Heat and six.
1: Right, Tim, what are some of your thoughts on it?
6: Yeah, I mean, I think the Celtics could have won all three games, especially um, you know, they they definitely dominated a lot of game three and, and led wire to wire, but they should really be disappointed to not be up at least two to one. I also think uh it's big for them to get Hayward back, even though he didn't have a good game statistically. He played a lot of minutes and he sort of acted as a decoy because it's another um big scorer that Miami has to worry about. And um it's funny that you mentioned Hero because he's a great player. He's one of the best rookies, but he's not even arguably the best rookie on their team. I mean, I, I think um, uh, Kendrick Nunn had more um, all rookie team votes than he did, and played more in the regular season. So they're an they're an insanely deep team. They have Myers Leonard on the bench. He never plays, and he started most of the regular season. Um, just in the bubble, they they played other guys mostly. So Miami, um, you know they they have like they, they go 12 guys deep. They play insanely hard defense. They never quit. I think it's just Jimmy Butler's the one of the, the leaders of the team, and he, he plays extremely hard, and I think they, they follow his lead, and they never feel like they're out of the game. It, the Miami Heat mantra is you, you, you expect to win every single game, and I think, it. you know, Pat Riley is a great executive. They have one of the better coaches. Smolster's been there for years. You can never count them out, and I think at this point you do have to give them the edge. I think this series could go seven, though, and I think it's funny that the NBA did this um, three-day break because now I think the West could end in four or five and then the East is going to take another week. So I think they just,
1: they're going to have a delay no matter what,
6: but it, it, um, they just kind of flip-flopped it,
1: but we'll, we'll see. There were a bunch of games ahead though, like cause they're done with three and like, you know, so I just, I understand why they had to try to do it because they didn't know that one's going to go much longer. And, I think they were just trying to catch up because they were like, at one point they looked like they were going to be two games behind and that's going to really screw things up, you know, so I, um, so I, I, understand why they did that for sure. Arun, what are some of your quick takeaways in the series?
5: Um, yeah, I think like going in, I thought it was going to be like a toss up series. I also picked the heat before, um, yeah, but Hayward coming back is a big boost, but I feel like As Ken said, the Celtics really have trouble closing out like opponents, even the Raptors in the last series, they got up double digits like in their loss and then they ended up losing the game. And I feel like Miami has a little bit more length, especially like Kyle Lowry's great. but I don't think he can, it was amazing what he's doing on Tatum, but I think longer guys like Jimmy Butler and Jay Crowder um, pose more problems. Kemba's really struggled against the zone and that's Miami's go-to and the, and the, lost like they went on like he's like 32 to 10 and like 17 to seven runs and even in the game three like the heat came like scoring back and that game was like everyone thought it was over it was like four points with like 30 seconds to go all of a sudden it was like kind of crazy so Miami they need to play well probably more than just like the second half they're a great second half team but they probably need to put it together in the first half as Tim said Hayward is back Those bench minutes by Ojale and Wanamaker, they can be reduced, but it's still like Miami, I think they, they can win Uh, the Celtics, Tatum and Walker really need to get it going, they haven't been playing, they can still win, but I'm all sticking with Miami right now.
1: Yeah, Brian, what are some of your uh, final thoughts on this series before we switch to the West?
3: Yeah. The first two games in this series were great. Um, really
1: just exciting basketball. And, um, like
3: you guys have all said, I really thought the Celtics were the better team and really have been the better team in this whole series. And, um, after they lost that game too, in which they gave up 37 points in the third quarter and just a terrible third quarter performance that really let Miami back into it. After that game, there was a lot of frustration in the Celtics locker room. Uh, Marcus smart was yelling at people. Apparently him and Jalen Brown had to be separated. Um, and I guess that worked. I don't know. I'm guessing like, I guess that really sparked something in them for game three. Cause they played very well in game three. They didn't have, they didn't blow a lead or anything. And um, you know, like you guys have said, I think these are two really deep squads. I think they're very exciting teams. And um, I think this is a seven game series in the making. I don't see the Celtics going away at all. Uh, I've been very impressed with what Miami's done from top to bottom. Their whole roster is incredible, but I just don't see the Celtics going away. I see this as a seven as a seven game battle. I see this series going the full distance.
1: Interesting, interesting. Well, yeah, it's uh it's been fun. I have to say, personally, I'm more intrigued uh, by the West side. I mean, I have always well, not always, but ever since Kobe really been a big Lakers fan, and then it was sort of you know faded off obviously when he retired. Uh, but in this year, in his legacy and in his memory, uh, I've sort of gotten over my frustrations with LeBron because I thought he's had a really good season. I think that, uh, I think they got it right. Who the MVP was, um, you know, with, uh, um, Giannis, uh, but it's, uh, he felt like he was snubbed just in the sheer number, like how far back he was. He thought he wasn't, he thought it wasn't such a big disparity. Uh, and I think there's some truth to that. I think he quietly had a really good season. Maybe his numbers aren't quite as flashy Uh, but I think he's done a good job trying to bring that Lakers team together. And the Lakers team is clearly, in my mind, the team to beat at this point. Uh, I know that uh, Denver gave them a run for their money and they put their best foot forward, especially in game two. Uh, But I've just been really impressed with this Lakers team and just their their cohesion and being able to um, come together and have different people step up. And LeBron understands that I mean, he's not old, but at his age, you know, he's kind of old for just the amount of seasons he's put on his body. Um, He's really put together a great season. And some nights he'll put up the 30 points that you need, but other nights maybe he'll be the assist leader on the team, or maybe he'll pick up the rebounding when there's lacking from other players. Uh, But he's really trying to go out there and see whatever that team needs. He's kind of trying to be that glue and more, almost like a role player. I mean, he's still a superstar. Don't get me wrong, but He's kind of taken that, you know, sense. And it's something that even Jordan really didn't do. I mean, Jordan was always kind of the go-to guy on most of these teams, but he was really, I've been impressed because I didn't think LeBron could be that player. I thought LeBron always kind of had to be the centerpiece. He's always the self-proclaimed king. Uh, But it's been really great to see him deferred and have someone else take the game-winning shot, right? Everyone was keen on him at that last moment and said, how could LeBron James not take the game-winning shot, right? Well, AD can score from the three. And everyone's like, it's either going to be AD down low or LeBron with a jump shot, right? And then they, they really messed their brains up by putting AD out from the three-point line. And credit to him for making that shot. I mean, what a hell of a shot. But um, what a great finish and just his trust in his teammates. And he really helped set that play up if you watch it, right? Because they're keying in on him so much. You just can't let that go. And AD, I don't want to say he was open, but he was pretty open, you know. And I think that's all, it's all because you can't just not guard LeBron for a game-winning shot, right? He's just a very obvious decoy. And um, so I, I just, I've just i just been really impressed with his play as of late. So I'll let each one of you guys kind of break this down as well. So I'll start with you, Brian. What are some of your thoughts on that game uh, too, but in the overall series as well?
3: Yeah, um, first off, um, uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about it because it happened after last week's show, but shout out to Denver for beating the Clippers. Oh, yeah, uh, good point. Huge, huge upset. I, I, I mean, I, I mean, maybe not a huge upset, but I'm just like totally shocked that the Clippers blew a 3-1 lead um what a choking organization none of Clippers us had are. it I, I, I was gonna say none of us picked the none of us picked the enough I tried and- I
1: almost did I was so close I was like I should <laughs> and I, I know I know a couple of us wanted to but it, it was like it was like how could they possibly Doc Rivers isn't going to do it again right I mean it's just <laughs> uh but it happened so yeah, yeah. And
3: unfortunately though I, I don't think Denver matches up quite as well with the Lakers as the Clippers do I don't see this being as long of a series as if it was going to be Lakers-Clippers. And I am kind of disappointed that it isn't Lakers-Clippers because I thought that was – we were all heading towards that matchup. We've been looking forward to it all season, and now we don't get it. Instead, we get the Nuggets. And the Nuggets are cool and all, but they're not quite the Lakers-Clippers matchup we all wanted. And um, it's shown in this series that the Lakers are definitely the better team. I was impressed with Denver yesterday. They were able to fight back into it, especially Jokic. Uh, Jokic did a great job down the stretch for the Nuggets. It looked like he had the game-winning bucket, but then, of course, AD with the shot. Um, You can't underestimate. I mean, AD has just been incredible for LeBron this season. You talk about what LeBron's done this season, and you mentioned that he's had to take, like, a smaller role. Well, it helps when you've got a second – top five player in the league on your team in ad that's been a huge benefit for the lakers and lebron uh but yeah i don't see this series going much further than four or five games i think the lakers are much better than the nuggets uh i, I would have preferred if it was lakers clippers just so just for the better matchup but uh yeah i think the lakers are clearly the best team standing among the um f- among the four teams that are left in the nba right now
1: yeah, Arun, that's such a heartbreaking way to lose for the clip uh, for the Nuggets last night. I just don't know how they recovered. Do you think that they? I think they might get one win here, but do you see this going more than five? Or well, how do you see it?
5: Um, I think they really need a to win in Game Three. Otherwise, it's Pretty much over and probably in four if they don't win but i'm not counting out the denver nuggets out after especially again like i think i counted them out in the first round I'm pretty sure i counted them out in the second round at one point like and the lakers in this game i think they outplayed them for most of the game but they also i felt like they almost choked away this game too against the nuggets they had an eight point lead with like two minutes to go lebron has an air ball he turns it over like if Anthony Davis doesn't hit that three where Funley gets completely lost in like a pick for no reason. It's the second time actually the Lakers have beaten the nuggets on in the bubble, not in the playoffs, but in the regular season or whatever bubble that only got lost. It was like a weird substitution at because the Lakers didn't call a timeout. They had no timeouts left. They put in funnily. He was like half awake. Davis is wide open for a three. Maybe he gets fouled. if Plumley stays with them. It's a contested three. It's definitely a harder make. But I don't think we're saying LeBron is the great deferrer. If like the Lakers lose this game and then, but the Lakers they still can like play LeBron more. They haven't even played LeBron more than 40 minutes in any playoff game this series. They they can still take it up to another level, but. The Nuggets need to get back to Jamal Murray needs to look like Steph Curry like was like in against the end of the Clippers series and in the Utah Jazz series where he's getting like 40 points. He only made two of seven threes. Jokic was bothered by the former Wizards Javale McGee and Dwight Howard. Like uh, that's not going to get it done. So maybe it's over soon. But the Nuggets do play well with their backs against the wall. So I hope it's a better series. Otherwise, the
1: Lakers we'll have a lot of rest time as you alluded to earlier. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Tim, what are some of your thoughts on the series? Yeah. I mean,
6: you can, they always say the cliche sports are a game of inches and, uh, we're, you know, we could definitely have been talking about how terrible the Dallas Cowboys and Lakers are today. and Maybe we should have, I mean, both teams barely pulled out a win very, very close games, but, um, I really want the Nuggets to win game three. I'm going to root for them hard next, next game, just to make it a series. I also think the whole world wants to see if they could come back from three one yet again. So I think it would be funny if uh, the Nuggets take game three, the Lakers take game four, and then game five starts out pretty, pretty bad for the Lakers because there's going to be a little bit of doubt in their minds, but it, this was an odd game overall. The, the Nuggets played, this, this scrub on their bench, P.J. Dozier, a, a ton. He actually p- played pretty well and hit a lot of shots, but he missed a lot of important free throws at the end. And you could argue that he shouldn't have been playing those minutes and taking those key free throws in the fourth quarter. But, um, you know, I, I can't see the Lakers really needing more than five games in this series. I mean, like I said, as a fan, I want it to go longer. But really, um, you know, like 80 or 80 has been averaging, I think 34 through the first two games. He's arguably the best teammate that um, LeBron ever has had. And I think if they win the title and he continues to play like this, he might take that from uh, Kyrie or whoever. And, you know, they, they're going to be like huge favorites for next year too. So, um, you know, this could be a team that we're going to see a lot of the next few years.
1: Yeah. Um, DC People's Champ, what are your thoughts?
4: Just two takeaways from this series, from the first games that I've seen. Uh, one is the uh, AD definitely has balls of steel and just lives for a moment like this, clearly. And he's been waiting for a moment like this uh, to have that game win in three in game two and just the the elation from his teammates. He's been waiting for a moment like this for a while. He finally got it and it's helping his team to push forward in the playoffs. My second takeaway is as much as we sit here and we can rag on the Nuggets because they beat two weak teams to get to the Clippers and they managed to, the Clippers basically choked it away. Let's not sleep on the Nuggets here people because these two games, they haven't been blowouts. They've been keeping it close. They've been staying in these games, and I'm telling you, the Lakers, as a team as good as they are, this team, the Nuggets, should not be losing in close by by close margins. They should be running away from these dudes. I got a feeling the Nuggets, like Tim said, I think the Nuggets will take three and push this to a seven get to seven games because they are a scrappy bunch, and they're showing that the Lakers can't just run away from them period. So those are my takeaways. Nuggets are not running away. The Lakers are going to have to thro- push them away, something, if they're going to win this in less than seven games. But I see it going seven the way this Nuggets team is playing because they, they see the competition. They're like, look,
1: we know you're the best. Guess what? We don't care. We want, it. We, we want the smoke. Bring it on. There you go. For sure. Let's talk about the upcoming schedule just real fast, and then i get your guys' uh, final goodbyes, and then we've got a, a football segment in five. Um, all right, so on uh, the next game is tomorrow. The Lakers play the Nuggets. Again, the Lakers are up 2-0 in that series. to be a 9 o'clock start. Lakers are right now favored by 6.5 points. On Wednesday, the Celtics play, quote-unquote, at the Heat. Boston is favored by 3 to come away with it to tie that series. That's an 8.30 start time, again, on Wednesday. Thursday, back to Lakers, Nuggets at 9. Friday, it's 8.30, Heat-Celtics. And then on Saturday, Nuggets play the Lakers at nine and Sunday, seven 30, a little earlier Celtics play the heat. And then next Monday during our show, the Lakers will play the Nuggets if that game is still happening and isn't over the series that is, Uh, but the time is to be determined. So maybe during our segment, uh, but probably they've been starting at nine. So my guess is we would do a a pregame show for that one. And then, uh, uh, there would be one more game for each team after that, if it gets that far, it would be Tuesday for the Heat Celtics and then Wednesday would be a game seven for the Nuggets the Lakers. So uh, next week we'll either recap how the series turned out uh, or we'll uh, preview uh, potentially a game six or a seven uh, in, um, uh, in those series as well. Uh, so that'll be fun. I'm going to give each one of you guys one last uh, chance. Uh, I'm going to start off with Arun. Thank you again for your baseball and basketball coverage. Any final thoughts from you?
5: Uh, yeah, just uh, one final statistic. The Atlanta Falcons, like, I don't know how they blew that game. They're the first team in NFL history to score 39 points and have zero turnovers and lose a game. So out to The Falcons.
3: i don't love it i don't love it i just realized it meant the cowboys win whoops
1: oh yeah boo (laughs) it's uh yeah that's a it's a rough one so uh thank you arun um i can't believe that the the cowboys won that game but uh it happens all right tim congratulations uh, on the ravens victory that was definitely a bright spot um i also want to give a quick little shout out that i I got a perfect day and pick them um, this oh week, nice which, was, which was really really good so well perfect sunday i forgot to do thursday so i was overwhelmed yeah that happens all the time yeah and that then, was my foil too yeah and then i but uh, i thought that was interesting so congratulations on the ravens any final thoughts before we let you go
6: no i'm just hoping for some great nba games and i hope uh the denver la series will go because i guess that will be game six next monday so Let's hope we have that to watch during the show and um, the, the quality has been really strong. So I, I, I like the NBA bubble courts. Uh, I'm not saying they should do that again next year, but they're already talking about it. Um, maybe it wouldn't be a horrible idea, but we might have to get used to it. No, no fans in the bubble.
1: Yeah. There's talks about certain leagues wanting to maybe have bubble sites that a couple of different teams come through. So like it's zoning bubbles and then, you know, you play uh, like eight teams and then you leave that bubble and then you go to a different bubble and play a, a different one and they all kind of play each other in a round robin kind of format. And so you get all your games against all those teams that you'd have to play in a set period. So, you know, those same teams would play each other. Uh, yeah. it, could, it could potentially work. Yeah, they, yeah,
6: they, could, they could make that work with
1: all yeah. 30 teams so yeah so we'll see if hockey or basketball adopts something like that um but uh we'll look forward to talking to you more about the conference finals yeah tomorrow thanks tomorrow guys have soon. a good night yeah for sure all right brian uh final thoughts uh on anything that you want to give and thank you again for your baseball and basketball talk
3: yeah thanks for having me uh, i just want to say get well soon saquon barkley we're all rooting for you to come back from this acl tear terrible injury uh really affects the giants and i'm really bummed by it but um we weren't going to be good anyway this year so i guess it's kind of a throwaway but uh with that being said let's go yankees let's go giants
1: go nicks go rangers have a good night sounds good thank you brian as always the dc's people champ let people know all the latest in wrestling news that you can do in 60 seconds go
4: well you can listen to the next podcast this coming sunday we'll be talking about everything coming up uh with clash of champions coming up uh this sunday i believe it is yes so we'll be talking about that as well as uh myself and sage on the g1 climax recall we're gonna be talking about the next three nights of the g1 climax that's gonna be coming up next monday before this show so make sure you're following no spots podcast to see and hear all of that
1: Sounds good. Yeah, looking forward to it. Lots of great coverage. He's been watching so much wrestling, so that way you can be caught up in all that. Definitely check out the No Spots podcast. You can check it out on all streaming platforms. Thank you, DC's People Champ, as always, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Sounds good. All right. And just like that, at 8 o'clock, uh, we were able to uh, get it, and uh, we'll bring... Uh, Carol back in here and uh, we're going to do a switcheroo in a second. I just wanted to know, do you want me to keep my camera on or are you doing the two up or the three up? I just wanted to uh,
0: I'll probably do the two up Okay. And if you want to come in, just let me know and I'll switch to the three up.
1: Sounds good. Will do. We'll do. I'll let you uh, get into uh, bringing in our next guest and uh, I'm going to drop off my video and you can uh, bring him in and do some fantasy football talk.
0: Alright, no doubt. No Appreciate that. Love the NBA roundtable as always. Keep me up to date with the things that's going on. Uh, make sure we get this thing right. Joseph, go ahead and turn your camera there. there we go, my brother. There we get busy. Yeah, we uh got some fantasy football talk coming up. Joseph, go ahead and turn your camera back on, baby. We got some fantasy football coming up. We know the season has just started. As I mentioned earlier, I'm, I am I ended up losing this week by one freaking point, and my stars didn't shine. But uh, we got my man Joseph on the line. Met my man over at one of my folks' house. He's a diehard fantasy football guy. So I said, why not get us a nice fantasy football segment on here with the season just start?" Joseph, how are you doing tonight? Good, sir. I
1: think his audio is still connecting. He's got to click accept on that. Um, when it pops up
0: on the thing and make sure your mic is on i know that zoom is new it's new to us too bruh you got me joseph
1: doesn't seem to be connecting to his audio oh, all yeah.
0: right is that try it again joseph see if your mic make sure your mic is on yeah there you go you got me joseph
1: Hold on. Let me ask to
0: unmute. <laughs> hey, you gotta love it, baby. Live streaming, live yeah. radio. Yeah, you're you, still, you're, still
1: you're you're still muted, Joseph. You gotta click the unmute button. But now it's working at least.
0: They click the unmute button, so we can hear you. We can see you, but we can't hear
7: you. Okay. How about now?
0: All right. Boom. We got you now. What's going on, Joseph?
7: First of all, I want to say that. I want to thank you all it's a pleasure and an honor to be a guest on y'all show today
0: hey man appreciate it bro glad to have you on we've been trying i've been trying to work fancy football in. i just haven't had the time so you know everything happened for a reason we happen to meet you know said you know you know your stuff so i say hey you want to come on to the podcast I say why not that's what we do here that's why we got a lovely team i got a great group around me and uh that's what makes our show great, in my opinion, compared to some of these other shows out here. But uh, we got an interesting week two matchup. As I mentioned, I'm down. I, I'm, I'm, I lost by one point this week. Uh, what were some of the standout performances of uh, week two for you, and how did you make out in your fantasy football this week?
7: Well, I drafted Russell Wilson, and he threw for five touchdowns. And it was over 350 yards. Mm. So he got me about 50 points. He helped mm. me win my game. So uh, despite having Paris Campbell, he got hurt the second play of the game. Wow. So I was, short, I was short one guy. So I had five other guys to help me beat a dominant team that I was a highly favored underdog. And I beat them convincingly. So I won my first two games. So I'm, I'm thankful
0: for that. Yeah, I was hoping the same thing I ended up because I had Dwayne Haskins starting last week, which helped me get the win. He didn't have spectacular numbers, but he didn't have any turnovers. This week I picked up Big Ben right before the game started. I also had Smith-Schuster on my squad already. So I'm thinking, okay, if they have a similar game like they had the week before where Smith-Schuster had two touchdowns, I could double up. He threw two touchdowns, but neither one of them isn't shoes, so I was blown. And he threw an interception, which was minus two points. And he hadn't thrown that. That was the, me winning, the, winning my week of fantasy football where he had an interception. Like I said, my tight ends, I'm still lacking. My defense, Tennessee, who balled out the week before, got me a zero this week because they gave up 30 points to Jacksonville and Jay Gruden's offense, which I'm still trying to figure out how that happened. But yeah, it was a Rough week, I was looking to go 2 like I'd be one Like, I'll be 1-1 with another tough matchup because you saw Christian McCaffrey go down. I know you said you got him on your squad. He's going to be out for the next three to five weeks, and running back is a, a position of weakness on my squad also. I'm deep at wide receiver, but I'm real, real flimsy at running back, and he was the only one getting me points the first two weeks. So I got to try to work some magic. I already got some waiver wire claims in, but as you would know it, I'm last on the waiver list right now. So who knows no. when I'm going to get the players that I'm trying to get. But uh whatever uh performances stood out to you this week? Uh, I didn't get a chance to check the whole uh wire to see some of the performances after I saw I took my loss.
7: Well, Dak Prescott, he put up 65 points this week.
0: Gee. Yeah, they came they were down
7: down by there. They were down by a large margin to the Atlanta Falcons. Mm. And I say that. The Atlanta Falcons special teams—they should fire the coach because there's no way that you allow Dallas to kick an onside kick and you stand there and look at the ball and you allow them to recover the ball.
0: That was like from a That's movie, man. That shit was crazy. When I, because I wasn't—I saw the score and I saw how early it was. I was like, okay. I—I remember Atlanta's track record from the Super Bowls, and I'm like. That really ain't a safe lead with them. They had the Patriots twenty-eight three, and Dallas does have firepower. And unfortunately, we saw them crumble once again and give up a large lead and end up losing the game that they should have won because of NF coaching in one phase or the other. So, uh, Atlanta boy, I tell you, they just they just can't get right. They about to be the can't get right league of the team uh, team of the league, man. It's rough, but uh. Yeah did any uh, running backs have any standout performances? Like I said, I'm looking for some running backs right now. I got Joe Mixon who ain't really do nothing. I got a couple of waiver wire claims in for a couple of guys that I saw, you know, that should get picked up possibly maybe, you know, starting to make and especially due to injury. So any, uh, anybody you have your eye on, maybe making some moves on or, you know, trading, making some moves on the waiver wire trading for?
7: Well, I would say if I was to make a trade, it would be a trade for Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers because he had a standout performance. Mm -hmm. Um, He had over 168 yards and about two TDs, so he had a very very big, huge game. He had a spectacular game, but in my league, I can't trade, so I have to do add and drop. Uh, I'm on CBS Sports, so I have to Go about it that way. I think a lot of people find it to be more fair because they don't want anybody to be cheating. That's what the commissioner says. So
0: we yeah, just go. You, know, you do get those four, but I never understood that why would you, you know, make trades to give up quality players for nothing to help somebody else and you know you're playing for yourself. But yeah, I, I'm on uh we on ESPN and uh yeah, we got trades and waiver wire. So I've never had any real successful trades. I mostly make my moves on the waiver wire, pick up guys at the right time against the right matchup. I haven't been able to study as closely as possible, so I was say I had a couple of hiccups this week, but hopefully get back on track. I'm actually looking at pregame for the Monday night football game with the Las Vegas Raiders. I got to get used to saying that, man. Yeah, yeah,
7: oh, it Vegas. does sound sound funny there.
0: Yeah, but, uh, hey, why not, man? They got hockey in Vegas now. Why not have football, too? It's a nice day. Yeah. Well,
7: I can tell you this. If you need a defense this week, you might want to look at the San Diego Chargers.
0: Oh, yeah. I might need to make a move the Tennessee let me down.
7: Yeah. The reason I say that is because they're playing the Carolina Panthers. And they have no McCaffrey.
0: Oh, yeah, no McCaffrey. Okay. Oh, yeah, you might be right. I might need to go pick them up. I think I put in for a waiver claim for somebody else. I might gotta go see if I can get them too. Yeah, they're gonna be hurting without him. I and if I you need be- another, if you
7: need another receiver, Russell Gage for Atlanta. Because Julio Jones, he didn't play the whole game on Sunday. Uh he left early first quarter. Um, he only produced four point four points. And Russell Gage came in there, and him um, and the other guy on the corner there, um, they both lit it up. Uh, they put up big, huge numbers.
0: Man. I'm so deep, if you're looking- deep at wide receiver. I'm hurting their running back and tight end. I, had, I picked up Greg Olson and Jimmy Graham. Even one of them did anything. And they uh, my tight ends haven't done nothing for me the first two weeks. My defense, like I said, I'm, Tennessee let me down. I was not expecting to give up that many points to Jacksonville. I was thinking about another standout performance. Like I said, I got at one point, it was negative two. So I was glad I was able to at least get back to zero. But, yeah, it is, this fantasy football season, you know, is going to be a little tricky with no preseason dislike, just like the football season. So it's going to affect the fantasy football. It's going to have some inconsistencies. Now we got injuries in the mix. Like I said, we were talking about Christian McCaffrey. He's out three to five, and uh, that's definitely going to hurt my squad. Because yeah, I'm hurting the running back. But um, you can check
7: out Logan Thomas for a tight end too.
0: Yeah, I did see him on the wire. He kind of let me down yesterday when I was watching the game. We're gonna get that get into that game in a, probably a couple of minutes. We're gonna start breaking down that unfortunate loss to Arizona yesterday. But uh, is there any uh? matchups you're looking forward to this upcoming week?
7: Um, Actually, this upcoming week, as far as a, a big matchup, I'm looking at Big Ben against the Texans secondary. Okay. I think that it's a good matchup as far as the receivers against their cornerbacks because I feel like Big Ben is in for a big day on Sunday. That's, that's one big matchup that I think I like. Uh, and another matchup that I think is, is kind of tough, but I do believe that they still can put up some major, major, major points. And I believe that it's the St. Louis Rams playing the Buffalo Bills. I think they have two great defenses, but I think that they'll both put up decent numbers, but not spectacular numbers, but they'll put up enough for you to get the points you need in your league for week three. You still can start those two quarterbacks, Josh Allen, you can start him.
0: and Josh been killing it. I think he put up, what, like 41 points this week.
7: Yes, he, he went off. He went off totally. He went off. That That's a good pickup. But I'm going to give you a sleeper quarterback that you could possibly pull up. But Thursday night, Gardner Minshew, he's matched up against the Miami Dolphins.
0: Yeah, I actually had him for a short stint at the uh, beginning of the last season when I was playing. He got, he got me a couple of wins.
7: Yeah, no one gave him a shot because they, they felt like when they traded all their players away, they were just throwing away the season. But, no, these guys are, are really playing, and he's spreading the ball out because I have DJ Shark um in for Jacksonville, and he had four receptions. 84 yards. He didn't score, but he still gave me about 16 points.
0: Yeah, see, I don't have um, like on Jay Bruden's offense. That's just my thing. Like I said, it was shocking that they put up 33 points against the Tennessee defense. I wasn't expecting that. That's why I say that's what caught me off guard with uh, Tennessee not getting no points after the performance they had last week. It was just a uh, Uh, Disappointing, especially losing by one point. My defense got me zero points at all. Yes. But that's how the fantasy football season is, man. Never know.
7: Yeah. I can tell you something that you might want to do. He don't have a team yet. But you can pick up Devontae Freeman because he's going to sign with somebody. They're, they're saying on NFL show that he'll be signed with somebody, so you might want to pick him up.
0: Devontae, uh, with X ex- the uh, Falcons running back?
7: Yep, they say stash him because due to the injuries at running back, they're bound to pick him up. Um, also, Tevin Coleman, he hurt his ankle, but he may be able to play on Sunday. Um, so, if you need a, a running back, you can pick him up because Jarek McKinnon is too small. They're going to use McKinnon just for uh, little passes, uh, dump offs. He's too small. So, the, the bigger back would be Coleman. So, you can pick him up this week to start him because they had him last year until he had his injury.
0: Say, Coleman, I think I did put in the waiver claim on McKinnon. Uh, you say Coleman? Yeah, I gotta make sure I look into that when I get off the air because I think I put in a waiver claim for McKinnon. Thank See, Coleman
7: know. has it has a it has a uh, little question mark by his name because he had got nicked up on Sunday, but they're saying that he's in he'll be in shape to play this week, so they'll just have Coleman and McKinnon playing. But McKinnon would be more of a third down back, and Coleman would be the guy that's pounding the ball, uh, unlike. In the Miami Dolphin backfield, where you have three guys carrying the ball, but Jordan Howard and Matt Breida, they no longer are participating because they have another running back, uh, last name Lard, Lee Leard. He's been getting all the carries. So they say on the waiver wire, if you see that guy, you can pick him up. And then there's a a backup or name back for the San Diego Chargers. His name, his first name is Justin. I can't remember the last name, but they say he's a good pickup as well for this week uh, for the Chargers. And as far as Philip Lindsay's injury, we got to monitor that because when he comes back, he'll be a good backup in Denver. So still waiting to see on his situation.
0: Yeah, so he went down. Yeah, I was. uh, Tennessee was playing Denver that game when he went down. And that definitely did slow down their uh, running game when he went out. Because, you know, Denver loves having two, three different running backs that can do the job. If someone does get hurt, that's the one good thing about Denver. Uh, Bear with me. I'm fixing some graphic things on here so we can get into this Washington football team game. Because, had a little glitch that I'm trying to take care of right now. There we go. All right. Let's get into this uh, week two matchup with Arizona. Unfortunately, the Washington football team lost this game 30 to 15. They currently sit in one and one, still number one in the division. Uh, Cowboys sit one and one. Giants and Eagles both 0 and 2. Um, talk about the Brandon Sheriff injury, he uh, had an MCL strain, let's say grade two, which said he's going to be out between three to five weeks, which is all, which is going to definitely hurt the running game, which is still uh, not as good as it needs to be. Um, Before I get into the stats and everything, I got to talk about the offensive play calling with Scott Turner. It it reminded me of Jay Gruden, too much pass, and we spoke about it in the pregame, that, you know, got to have balance, third and two, sometimes you need to line up and just run the ball, being in shotgun on third and two, you know, trying to outthink the opponent instead of just putting the ball, you know, in the hands of your big running back and ramming it up the middle to get the first down. Sometimes you got to do that to keep the defense honest and to wear them down. And I just don't feel like he's been incorporating that along with some other things, like rolling the pocket. We know how comfortable Haskins is when they roll the pocket in a misdirection. The line goes one way. He bootlegs naked to the other side, finds his wide receiver, tight end sitting in a flat by itself because the defense is pursuing to where the line is going. We've seen this work. I don't know why he doesn't incorporate it more into his play calling which will aid in the running game and aid in the passing game because you're giving him extra time to find his targets. You're giving the wide receivers and the receiver's time to get into these zones with the guys trying to figure out what's going on in the defense. So it's just, you know, simple stuff that I see in the first two games. It's still early. I'm not in panic mode, mode like most fans are, unhappy even when they win, more unhappy when they lose. It's just a, you know, Fans are fans. I can't be mad at them. They love their team. They're just passionate. Uh, so go ahead and go through the numbers. Uh, Haskins was 19 for 33 for 233 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, with an 88.3 passer rating. Yeah, really did nothing impressive in the game to, you know, get the team going. Uh, some of his throws were off again. do high. we always say, that's when his footwork and his mechanics failed him. Actually saw a report that came out or came out at one of the conferences that um, when he sees something, sometimes he gets happy feet, and that's when he doesn't follow through with his mechanics and have good footwork, and that's when the ball sails on him. So they know what the problem is. They just got to fix it, and they need to fix it soon because it's time for him to start making you know more progress and more strides in his development, especially with the talent that they have on this team and the potential this team has. You know, with the defense that this team is lining up. Uh, Kyler Murray with 26 for 38, with 286 yards, a touchdown, an interception, two rushing touchdowns, and a quarterback rating 88.3. Uh, Antonio Gibson led the Washington football team. Uh, he had 13 carries, 55 yards, a 4.2 yard average, in his first uh, NFL rushing touchdown. Uh, Kenyon Drake had 20 carries, a 86 yards, a 4.3 yard average, and no touchdowns. Uh, Terry McLaurin had a, a breakout day catching two, 10 passes for 126 yards for a 17.9-yard average in a touchdown. And Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins for, <coughs> excuse me, Arizona, had nine catches with 68 yards for 8.5-yard average in a touchdown. Um, Arizona just had the Washington football team planned out very well offensively and defensively. They kept the ball moving. Kyler Murray, that dude is is ridiculous. He's elusive. He's fast. He's quick. He's shifty. He has a rocket for an arm so he can make the throws. He can make people miss. And, you know, they were saying about how small he was. I thought that they would be able to contain him in the pocket and make it hard for him to throw the ball over the big lineman. But he barely stays in the pocket. He breaks out quick. And when he does get in the pocket, once he feels the pocket breaking down, he's so quick, he just makes moves and get out of danger's way. And you can't get a clean shot on him because he's so small and so shifty. when you go to line up to hit him. He's not there when you try to hit him. It, it, was, it was crazy. Uh, Joseph, did you uh, check out any of the Redskins game? Oh, damn it. Ah, I was almost I almost played it before. I still caught myself. Did you see any in a Washington football team game yesterday against Arizona?
7: I sure did. I watched that game. I saw at the end of the first quarter, the score was 7 to nothing, And Arizona had the ball down in the red zone. And Kyler Murray did a quarterback draw and ran in the end zone and made it 14 to nothing. And the Redskins, it's just, they're lacking talent right now. And they should have kept Adrian Peterson. If they'd have kept Adrian Peterson, He would have made a a bigger difference than Aaron Gibson. Aaron Gibson, you know, he's a a rookie. So he's got to go through the tough battles for now. But as far as the season, the Redskins, they're going to have a tough season because their expectations are like like going to playoffs, but they want to win games to get better. So I do believe that they'll win some games and I'll probably give them maybe seven to nine based on the division. I'll say seven to nine. And I think maybe next year they'll be even better.
0: Oh, That's yeah, what I, mean, I believe. There's potential. There's potential there's you know there's no there's going to be growing pains like Rare said today it's going to be growing pains and this is one of the growing pains games where they uh you know didn't do what needed to be done and didn't perform like expected robbie uh you uh said you have an opinion on this
1: yeah for sure i just wanted to jump back on um but uh yeah it's I I don't think the running back position was the reason they lost personally. I I understand the value that Adrian Peterson brings, but the thing is, is he gets better, the more snaps he gets. And we're trying to see what we got with some of these younger guys. And we need to kind of split time. We need to kind of have a multi-back system until we figure out who's going to be our workhorse. And I just think that I love Adrian Peterson. I think he was a great player for the Washington football team, but it's, it's time to let him go to see what you've got with some of these other people and to try to develop talent and for your future because this is a rebuilding year in my mind. So you got to rebuild from all the positions and see what you got and see what needs to be changed under this new system. And I just, for me, I, I don't think that the running game was spectacular by any means in that game. But I think Arizona is a really, really good team. I think you would have had to play a nearly perfect game to win that game uh, for them. I, I don't think... It was anything that the Washington football team even did necessarily badly. Uh, there was a couple of mistakes that they made, but they've. I, I think Arizona is going to do big things this year. I really, honestly feel that way. I, I think that they are really strong both defensively and offensively. I think they've got lots of weapons, and uh, I mean that quarterback is scary with his ability to run. I mean, I remember watching him in college, and he was just, you know, he was a beast even then. So I don't know. I it'll. I, I'm curious you know, the first week I thought the Washington football team wasn't as good as some people were saying. And then this week, I think that they're not necessarily as bad as some people are saying, and at some point we're going to see what the real team is. And, uh, it's going to be interesting to see week to week, the progression. And just like I was seeing it online, people were hammering our quarterback saying he was missing some throws and we don't have time to develop him. And is he really this coach's guy? Well, he went through training camp. And the coach had a bunch of options. This is the guy he thought would give him the best chance. And we got to give him a couple of weeks to develop into the quarterback. We hope he could be, but uh, you know, people always already want to throw in the towel and want to switch to a different quarterback or, you know, um, it, it's interesting. Uh, it's it's one of those things, it's like, I can't get too high or too low with this team. I just think that they're somewhere in the middle.
0: Man, you got to stay medium with it because this team, like I said, no preseason, new offense, new offensive coordinator, second-year quarterback that didn't have that much experience in college. You're going to have growing pains. You're going to have games like this. Like, he didn't turn the ball over, but he didn't do anything stellar to win the game. So, I mean, that, that, that comes with, you know, getting more experience. And like you said, Arizona has a quality defense that, you know, can uh, wreak havoc on a the quarterback. They were giving pressure. They had four sacks. Uh, the Washington football team had three. And um, it, it was uh, it was just, uh, you know, a more type of team, beat a team that, you know, has talent but hasn't put it together yet. And the offense is still trying to find it. So just to give some more quick stats, more breakdown of this game, Um First downs: Washington had 19, Arizona had 22. Third down conversion. This was the challenge stat. The Washington football team didn't get a, first, a third down conversion until I believe late third quarter, early. They didn't
1: down. get one until after a fourth down conversion.
0: Yeah, they got actually got a fourth down conversion. Well, they, be they got a third down, I just.
1: They got a third down. Conversion. Wow. Four,
0: yeah, they were four for twelve. Wow. Arizona, But remember, Arizona did have the number one third down conversion defense in the league, only up 18% anyway. They uh, went four for 12, which is 33%, but, you know, they didn't get those till late. Uh, Arizona was seven for 17 on third downs. Uh, Washington had 117 rush yards. Arizona had 160. I mentioned Kyler Murray had two rushing touchdowns, and he had, like, maybe 50 or 60 yards rushing. Um, passing yards, Washington had 199. Arizona had 278. Uh, Washington had 316 total, Arizona had 438 um, penalties, which was, you know, some of the Washington's problems in the first uh, drive with Arizona. They were driving, but they were bailed out by some penalties. They got some penalties on their own, but Washington bailed them out also in a few times. Um, It was six penalties for 42 yards. Arizona actually had more penalties. They had 11 penalties for 97 yards. Uh, the tunnel possession, which is always a telling stack, Washington had 26 minutes and 15 seconds. Arizona had 33 minutes and 45 seconds. So there's about ball control. Um, turnovers also um, played a key role, which was one of our keys to victory. There no turnovers. And uh, you can't give a potent offense more chances, and you can't, you know, offense not show up until the fourth quarter. I think you're going to, to win games all the time. Uh, Joseph, did uh, what did you take away from the defensive side of the game? It was like Arizona just, you know, whatever the Washington football team was trying, they had something forward, especially with, you know, that crafty veteran Larry Fitzgerald in the slot now. He was like finding the perfect spot to sit in and it made the perfect move to make the guy miss. Just like he knew where the guy was going to be and like he was in the Matrix and shit.
7: Yeah. He did find a lot of good spots, but I think that when the Redskins were in coverage, they had containment, but Kyler Murray would see that they were covered, he would take off and start running. So I think that maybe the Redskins had a spot on Kyler Murray, they probably could try to contain him a little bit. But it's kind of hard to stop a guy like that, though, because he's a tremendous athlete. And with the addition um, of DeAndre Hopkins, it just makes them even more better than they were last year. But I must say that, you know, the Redskins, they do have the coach. They do have the quarterback. They do have the wide receiver. I normally call that the big three. So those guys are the ones that's, you know, going to make the team better. So everyone has to grow around them. And on the defensive side, Landon Collins, you know, he's the motivator in the secondary. He's the one got to step up and show leadership to the team. And as far as up in the linebacker area, Kerrigan, I think Kerrigan is like the, the older guy around it, so he has to kind of get those guys going up in there um, as far as the defensive end. And Chase Young, he's up and coming, and he will be great. He's starting off, you know, great right now, so he will be great. So they need a few more key components, and I think they will be a, a better team here, you know, very soon.
0: No doubt. <clears throat> they definitely got a good foundation, a good core. Just going to take a little time to get it all together. Yeah, Chase Young, he has a two and a half sacks, five for the lead in the league. Uh, Washington football team leading the league with sacks with 11. Uh, defense is still top in the DVOA. Uh, I'm not even going to go into that. Go look it up. It's all. You can Google it. It's, uh, it breaks down all the defensive stats and they're still technically you know listed as number one. Uh, excuse me, stat-wise. Then they have a Cleveland Browns team coming in where they're going to next week to face. They uh, defeated the Bengals last week. Bengals aren't that good. Definitely they put up like 35 on them. So, gotta definitely going to have an interesting uh, Washington football team breakdown. Probably do it again Friday. A little 15-minute show. Real quick, just breaking down the stats and the numbers between the teams, and you know, then we'll do the pregame show on Sunday, 30, 30 minutes before kickoff, and then we should have a postgame show. Also, uh, Joseph, I appreciate you taking the time to break down the fantasy football and uh, talk some football with us. Uh, i give you a parting shot since you're still, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, you know, did put some points up for me. I'll let you talk about your stillers real quick before you get up out of here. We would getting great some NHL talk.
7: Um, The Steelers, I'll say that sometimes they scare me because they allow teams to hang around when they can put teams away. And Deontay Johnson is our third-round pick, which is his second year playing. Last week, he muffed the punt against the Giants, and the Giants got three out of that. The defense held that up. Then yesterday on the first possession he runs the reverse and fumbles that so you go from first and 10 to second and 18 so once he gets himself together you know I think he'll be one of the great receivers of all time I, I do believe that but I'm, I'm waiting on Thanksgiving night because in order to get to the top you got to be the top teams. so Thanksgiving night Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens come to town. So that's going to be the game that I'm really going to be looking forward to seeing.
1: <laughs> I know that's right. Go Ravens, but you know, <laughs> but that's, <laughs> but you know, yeah, here or there. But you know, I, I had to represent since I do, I know I don't talk about them on a Washington football show very often. I do <laughs> follow the Ravens pretty closely and I root for them every Sunday as well. So uh, it'll be a tough matchup for sure on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is going to be a tough day. For me, you got the Ravens Steelers, and you've got uh, the Washington football team playing Dallas in Dallas. Uh, so um, it's going to be uh, quite a, a day for sure, at least in my house. Got to get my
0: plate early and get back home, so oh, yeah. interrupted by day.
7: <laughs> Yeah, that's a rivalry day, right day. That's a rivalry day, right there. Yeah, for
0: that's going to three or four plates, and you wrap them up, and you get out of there as soon as possible, so you get home, and warm them back up, and just sit there and watch football all night.
1: Well, first time we're doing it yeah. at my parents' house, too, so it'll it'll be interesting. We'll have the whole family there. So Liz is cooking here, so at least there's only 30 minutes away, so there'll probably be a little bit of time between games probably when I'll make the, the move back home.
7: So are they all Raven
1: fans? Uh, they're all Washington football fans, you know, Redskins fans, and, uh, yeah, so uh, they've been uh, – die- they, they got me into them uh, when I was a kid. I was born during uh, uh, a Redskins-Cowboys game, so for sure. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, but, uh, yeah, you, that rivalry that it, it runs deep. It, it's uh, it's gonna be weird not calling it Redskins Cowboys, right? You know, so it's a uh, a strange time yeah. that we're living in. So yeah, I, I'm just I'm just trying to figure. I just want to just figure out. I mean, they say that
7: they don't want a last name. they are enjoy winning, but I feel like. They should just go ahead and give a team a last name. The Washington football team, it just sounds, you know, this is like an ordinary name. Just a, oh, that's the Washington it's,
0: football it's team. It's temporary. Everything's up in court right now. If I <laughs> it, they have a new mascot. A new Maybe
1: mascot. The, co- the the owner said that if people love the Washington football team name as it stood, I mean, he, it's he it's would be okay with it. I mean,
0: he, he, he couldn't keep it. And if he does, I won't be mad.
6: I won't
1: be mad either. It's actually grown on me. I have to say, originally, I was like, that's the stupidest idea. They have to have a name. It's grown on me. I I like soccer. And it sounds like a soccer name. I know a lot of people don't like soccer that like, you know, American football, but I like both. So for me, it's like, eh, whatever, like every team has a mascot, right. It kind of makes us unique in, in some ways. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not too, I'm not too hard pressed. I mean, my, my top pick real quickly is the Warriors. I think it would be the best. I think Washington Warriors alliteration could bring back some of the traditions. Uh, it'd be the continuation of Boston Braves, Washington Redskins, Washington Warriors. It just, it, it makes a lineage uh i also like uh the red wolves and the red tails both yeah, of them are fun. The red yeah I, 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 i'll howl after a touchdown right let's go for it like oh, whatever I, I, see the huskies would sound good but
7: that's a college name
0: right But well, the, the red wolves is actually a college name that's why they're in court you know trying to get the trademark rights into the school i believe uh i want to say out of utah colorado our, i think it's Arc-
1: arkansas state maybe
0: it's a couple of different teams that have it. That's why it's in litigation. So it's not going to be watching football team forever unless he decides to keep that. So with the trademark and all of that stuff, it might be better just to say watch football. He ain't got to worry about paying copyrights and trademarks and all that other stuff. So, I mean, honestly, I don't care. It makes no difference to me. It's, I mean, it, 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 I'm it is, still yeah. going to watch my team play every Sunday and root for them to win. That's all that will come down.
1: It is Arkansas State. I don't I don't even know why I know things like that, but it was Arkansas State.
0: Yeah, also quick update on the Monday night <laughs> football game. Uh Saints are knocking on the door, trying to score. They're already up three nothing on the Raiders. They're at the two yard line. Kamara just uh tried to get the edge and couldn't and uh hit the cornerback so hard he slid under the, the camera uh thing and he hasn't moved. So hopefully he's okay, but he looked like he might be hurt.
1: We got. I got a couple other quick scoring updates for us. The Nats are up 3-1 over Philadelphia, and currently the bases are loaded for the Nats with two outs. So it's a, a kind of a pressure situation there to see if Philly can keep it a, a two-run game for the bottom of the six. Uh, the first one was a ball, again, two outs. And then a uh, the power play for Tampa Bay with nine minutes left in the first period uh, against Dallas in game two of the Stanley Cup, which is what we're going to be talking about next. But I just want to I uh, thank our special guest, and uh, I enjoyed having you on talking some football with us. Yes,
7: Robbie. It was it was great. It was really, really great. I, I feel famous.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Hey, uh... hey, man, that's why we do it. We do it because we love it. we trying to get to that mainstream platform so folks will be tuning to us for their sports news and entertainment because they know these other folks out here ain't know what they're talking about. But as always, Joseph, appreciate it, man. we definitely going to have you back on. Mike, so we can get you on every week if possible. Talk some fancy football before we go into our football segment. But uh, you have a good night. we are about to get our hockey uh, <laughs> personality in here, and uh, you take it easy, man.
7: All right, well, you guys be safe?
1: God bless you guys. Thank you
6: so
1: much. Right.
0: Have a good night. You take it easy. You Bye-bye. Anna, I see you on already. How you doing tonight, Anna? I'm
2: doing good. I'm doing good. I'm watching this uh, Tampa Bay Stars game, and Man, they're just out to kill, and I love it. <laughs> it's it's a good hockey. Well, good hockey. The next
0: game in a football game. I haven't even had a chance to put on hockey yet. So
2: oh, uh, I understand. There's, there's and I have the TV
0: hooked up right now. So I normally I do. I've been lazy. I haven't set up the third TV
1: yet. Oh no, I I got the the man cave's got. I got my phone. I got laptop. <laughs> I got computer number two, which is occupying TV one, and then I got two other TVs over there. So I got the full studio setup going, man. I ran
0: out, I ran out of cores, man. I got to get another extension cord. <laughs> my wow. damn, damn surge, my damn surge protector is already full, man. And I got to get another extension. Cord.
1: I, I is- missed that goal. So I, I'm rewinding it back to it now. Uh, I was watching the bases loaded three, one, now it's too much going on, uh, here in the man cave, but, uh, Uh, So Tampa Bay scored on the power play, I guess. So they got it around and then they got into the middle and I don't know if it was deflected, but uh, that was the goal and sort of in the center part of their power play. They're going to rally this game. You think so?
2: I think so. I think think the Stars, uh, you know, they had four or five days off. They came out. I thought Tampa Bay was going to come out, you know, and it was going to be a little bit closer when it was 4-1. In the Stanley Cup, there's you know, I just feel like they're going to come back and, and really tighten it up, and I think a uh, a lot of it is going to come down to uh, Vasilevsky, and like I've said before, I have I have these two favorite players. Um, I like Coleman and and um, oh my gosh, it's not Woodruff. Oh, I just totally drew a blank on his name. That's awesome, um, and I wrote it down. Good <laughs> I think that they are going to be two players to watch out for, uh, and I don't know. Like, I'm so torn because I love both goalies. But
1: yeah, I'm kind of torn in this series too. Yeah. Um, well, well, let's get in this series in a little bit. Let's talk sure. really briefly. Rewind back to last Monday. Absolutely. And uh, Dallas uh, had one more game with Vegas. We didn't know it at the time that it would be their last game, but. I kind of want to set the stage where we were while we were watching it. um, Dallas was losing, right? It wasn't. Yeah. And they uh, looked like the golden Knights were going to potentially flip the series and maybe go on a run there. And what we were saying was they had not scored any goals yet. And what we talked about was when Dallas turns it on It's like three goals just pop out of nowhere, right? So (laughs) it's not not like they score once or even twice. It's like boom, boom, boom. boom, boom. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, That's exactly how they came back. And uh, so break that uh, down for us. And uh, And that,
2: I mean, to me, I, unfortunately, I didn't break down all the goals, but it was uh, quite awesome for me to write that last week, last Monday that the Stars eliminated the Knights. Uh, with the four-win series win and then a spot in the Stanley Cup. But you know what? I will say, God, they earned it. They like this is a team that came, I think a lot of people doubted um in the beginning, didn't think they had the potential, thought they were, you know, kind of um, yeah, whatever kind of team. They came out, they played 60 minutes, they played tough, their goalies fantastic the team just came together and it wasn't all new players. You know, you have your Ben's, your Sagans, you know, you have some guys there who it was just just their time. And then you have an awesome, like, you know, rookie guy who scores <laughs> all these hat trick, who scored the hat trick and everything else. So I just really feel like the stars, they earned that spot. I felt like, um, unfortunately, the series with the Knights seemed more, Of a physical game than a skill game, if that makes sense. And I feel like the Islanders' um, Lightning series was much more impressive.
1: Yeah, I I definitely agree. And um, yeah, I uh, oh, Carol, do you have any thoughts on uh, on that series before we get into it? Well, the
0: Dallas series, yeah, Dallas uh, Dallas, just you know. That's like I say, they they're a good solid squad that has their own style of play, and like you say, they put up goals quick when they do score, and they play solid defense. And um, yeah, I wasn't rooting for them. I wasn't rooting for the Vegas go to Knights either, but you know the way they you know beat them four to one, you know kind of convincingly, and then with the Islanders series, you know went to overtime, and uh, game six. I was I was rooting for the Islanders and Barry Trask, but unfortunately. Tampa was able to, you know, put it away. Uh, they're currently, like I said, they're up now. They're down in the series one nothing. So, yeah, it was uh, some good Stanley Cup hockey going up until the finals. And uh, I haven't been playing as close as a with football season starting, but definitely going to probably flip the game on in a little while once this next game is over.
1: Sounds good. All right. Well, the other side of the bracket was way more interesting, right? <laughs> you know, so I mean, I'm, I'm happy to just kind of move past that one and we can talk about this incredible Islanders series uh, with Tampa Bay. I really thought the Islanders had a chance to bring this all the way back, right? Yep. And uh, they really played Tampa Bay much harder than expected, including some really exciting games that could have gone either way. Yeah. Um, I think we have two games right that we need to break down in that one because uh, you know so do you want to go back and just really quickly break those two games down and then we'll talk about the one game in the series itself
2: yes so now that we can celebrate that the knights are out right (laughs) and we know that the stars are in so on tuesday the islanders came back in double overtime and i think that i don't know if you had a chance to watch the game it was uh definitely a fantastic hockey it was so exciting Kind of was like on the edge of my seat. I'm like, who do I want to win? <laughs> you know, it's like, I, you know, yes, there's a Barry Trotz side, but I've been kind of pulling for the Tampa Bay. So been a little bit torn here and there. But um, they did win 2-1 over Tampa. But then on Thursday, Tampa Bay um, sealed their place at the Stanley Cup, winning the series 4-2. And we just have to say, you know, hats off to Barry Trotz for his coaching. And this was a fantastic series to watch. It was, I mean, I know I have my gripes with um, Clutterbuck, but bottom line, those players on the Islanders are no joke. They are skilled. I just, I appreciate their efforts and everything. And it just made for such a fun series. So I really, I really enjoyed it. When it goes into double overtime or overtime, you know that you have players that are going to give it 100 and 10%, you know, they just won it so badly. So I think that's what we saw in this series versus the uh, Night Star series.
1: And I mean, a lot of the games were very, very close. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Tampa Bay won one game with just a couple of moments left in, in, in the game. So, I mean, in, it could have gone either way for sure. And uh, the double overtime game was super exciting. Yeah. I've been watching on this uh, hockey uh, channel where they do um, hockey together, where we everyone jumps on kind of like this, but they have like nine or 10 people on <laughs> from all over the country, which is really kind of cool. And oh. so you get to see perspectives of people that are fans of these teams. And they started off by just coming on when their team was on, but they've kind of stayed on and they've kind of joined up and I've come on and represented the Capitals, You know, Ron, and Bernie Dahl. They've uh, been on many nice. times. They're they're on it almost every night. And so like I, I've sometimes have jumped on a couple times. And uh, it, it's really a lot of fun. I I see that Tampa Bay just scored again. Uh so five eight left in the first uh, they're now up to oh, I two. have a delay. Yeah. Wow. Uh yeah they're up to nothing. Well sorry to spoil. But well yeah. you, you can let me know what happened in it. Uh so um the uh it, it's been really fun to watch it with them and I just, I've actually grown to really kind of like the Islanders. I mean, I know they're a division rival and they have trots and whatever, but I know Carol was talking about how he liked them too. And it's just, they became very likable and i was almost sad when um when they scored oh by the way it's now three nothing our good
2: friend shattenkirk i think just scored that one oh my goodness um i need to get a different uh, cable network apparently yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I'm, I was uh, like what's going on Who's yeah
1: playing? talk about teams that can have just you know when goals <laughs> happen they just pour out of them so this time it's the other way Uh, With the lightning, but... um, Not surprised. Yeah, so I think Shattenkirk from the point, I think it doesn't... Oh, I don't know if it gets deflected down and into the corner. Yeah, it's a long wrister. Two people swipe at it, but no, I don't think anyone actually makes connection with it. So Shattenkirk may get that goal. And uh, so, yeah, 3 nothing pretty quickly here. Not a good start uh, for Dallas, uh, but Tampa Bay obviously wants to try to tie this series up especially with no real home ice advantage, even though they did lose on a game that they're supposed to have um, that, you know, uh, they have those slight advantages, right? We've right. talked about them. But, you know, over the course of the entire playoffs, I haven't seen that really make any effect whatsoever, right? I think yep. it's all been very neutral. Um, doesn't matter where they're playing. We've seen lots of teams went on the
2: road. Um, no, and I think I, that these these teams that played down in the, the last of the, the playoffs have just, you know, shown everybody that, hey, this is the hand that we're dealt. This is the COVID thing. And we're going to do the best that we can. And hats off to the NHL for the bubble. I mean, it's, we all thought it sounded so kind of ridiculous in the beginning. Uh, but no COVID, they were able to play. They did the best they could with the sound effects and, the, and all that kind of stuff. But in the end, you have athletes that just want to play um, to win and they just want to win, You know, whether it's Stanley Cup or whatever it is. And I think that that's just fantastic. So I've been impressed. And I think that I knew Tampa Bay was going to come back. I felt like they're, they're not going to take that win or, excuse me, the loss yesterday or two days ago from the stars, lightly, they were to come out just like, this is it. And that's exactly what you need to do in the Stanley Cup. So, why I not? I can't
1: believe that they're able to do this well without Stamkos. So, that's my big surprise.
2: Yeah. And uh,
1: the last point yeah. I want to the make
0: is. The report that uh, it's possible, he was going to possibly play game two. I uh, saw so that on NHL Network, so if he's not playing this game, look like he will be back for the Stanley Cup Finals in some way, shape, or form.
1: I, I talked to some Lightning fans who don't believe that that report is true. So I don't know. There's some questions. I don't uh, – we'll see. We'll At this see.
2: point, I mean, do you if – they're, if they're doing hot, like if they win this game tonight uh, and he has a chance to come back, do you put him in or do you go with what you've been doing since he's been out?
5: I'd he's
2: say
0: been out for so game. long. Yeah, don't risk it. Keep him on the bench. Like if they if they get down, like if it was Game Seven, and you know he's healthy. You know they say now he was possibly coming back for this. And they give it the rest of the series, and it goes to Game Seven, and he can give you an extra boost. I say yeah. bring him in on like a Game Seven, but I wouldn't say just bring him in. You know, right now with the team playing well, you know they are three nothing now. Yeah, give them some more days to, you know, get well. And if they do need them, I say pull them out game seven if necessary.
1: I think maybe that is probably the best option that or maybe not an elimination game, but farther along in the series, you know, so something where they've maybe had two losses at that point, you know, so if they lost this game, then maybe there's a conversation you know, cause you don't want him to, you don't want his first game to be the game where they get eliminated. I don't. I think you're gonna try yeah, to. He's superstar.
0: he's itching to get back on the ice. You never know, pressure build, pressure burst spice but pressure also makes diamonds too, man. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it it
2: could, it could, and it I mean, could, but it could go the other way. <laughs> right, it could, yeah, and then it
0: could go the other way. But hey, he want to be out there. <laughs> he wants to get his cut. Well, I'm know, sure he, he wants to be out, the out
2: there. Time. Yeah, well, I think that's what it is. It's more of like, uh, okay, your pride, your ego, you want to play, but what's going to be best for the team? And if they're on a roll right now, and and like we've always said with goalies, like you're to go through hot hand. So Stamkos has been a guy, he's just a fantastic staple in, you know, the team that he plays for. So he may have to just be, like, um, just a, a good force on the, on the bench for a little bit, and we'll see what happens. But I think mm-hmm. right now this Tampa Bay team has been impressive. And I think especially tonight, they just wanted to come out and say, oh, no, 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 Stars. <laughs> like, we've got those. But
0: then if they lose and they had close at their disposal and didn't use him, you know, that's the coach going to have to answer that question also.
2: True. But they did make it uh, this far without him. So, we're, yeah. you know, it's yeah. like you're just sort of, uh, what do you do? Because he's such a fantastic, talented player. He's one that I always thought anytime the Capitals had to play them, he was always my number one to say, oh, God, watch out for this guy because he is just damn good.
1: So here is an interesting scenario. Right now, uh, there, are, uh, the Dallas Stars are about to go in the power play with one minute and 11 seconds left in the period. Uh, so... Dallas trying to get themselves on the board. Uh, It was a, I believe it was a tripping call, maybe or something like that. Maybe a hook or a trip, to stick penalty. My
2: TV's still on, like the third goal. So yeah, (laughs) but um,
1: maybe you rewound by accident. You have DVR? I don't know. Sometimes like that happens where like I'm paused for a moment. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting for sure. I'm excited to see. Tampa Bay definitely put a puncher's – you know, come back and really make this a series. Uh, And Braden Point was the one who scored that first power play goal for them. Uh, That was what's really important. They've been lacking at the power play, and that Mm -hmm. was the thing that they really needed from Stamkos. So if they can produce on the power play, I don't think they need Stamkos. But if they can't, which they were having trouble with that – Yeah. And I think that that's a real person that you can add, yeah, to that. And maybe you can somehow – juggle lines where you don't put him in all the time and you use 7d and then you have a couple extra forwards and you can slot a couple different people and you use him in certain situations where you come in and maybe he's just on the power play right and a couple of other ones and you kind of wean him in that way where you're not putting him on like a top line or yeah you, know, you know even it seems crazy to put Stamkos on a third line but <laughs> it's been a while since he's played you know I think yeah that wouldn't be that such be
0: a... a boost. That might be a boost for the third line to get him out there and, you know, you drop somebody from the third line to the fourth line. But, uh, I mean, you know, it, it depends. Like I said, that's just, you know, reaching if he is healthy. But they're playing well. I think the coach might, you know, send him out and stuff us comes to a game seven. And, you know, he's been skating well. He's been practicing with the team off and on, you know, doing the days off or whatever. Fresh
2: legs. <laughs> and
0: I say let him play. But, you know, it all comes down to the coach and the, in the team, you know, the coach is going to definitely hopefully get some input from the team also. Yeah, so I mean, they're playing well tonight to see where it goes from there. And then maybe it won't even be a stand Coach question if they, you know, get the momentum this game to keep on pushing.
1: Right. Dallas, speaking about momentum, though, is losing momentum quickly on this power play. They are falling short. There's now 14.2 seconds left in this first period, a minute and three left in the power play and they didn't get a clean zone entry, so that's going to be uh, just outside of uh, the defensive zone for for Tampa Bay. I like how he just upended. A Tampa Bay player just tripped the heck out of a guy behind the scenes during the uh, um, uh, face-off, and they just didn't call anything on that, so uh, that's pretty hilarious. Um, all right, 2-1, and that right there is the end of the first period. A little bit of chippiness, a little bit of uh, you know, them chirping at each other uh, at the end of the period, there. That's to be Typical. expected. You know, the stars need to try to get something going here in the second period for but there sure. There hasn't
2: been, um, you know, the uh, the fights. And I think we saw more of that in the Knights, you know, series. And I, you know, and of course, I like, I put that more on the Knights, but it, it's just this, uh, this is one of those things that, like, you appreciate when there's not a, lo- a whole lot of, um, you know, send bin minutes and then it's just like guys out there who just will kill for the Stanley Cup, but they're not going to, you know, drop the gloves and do something stupid. Um, So I think that that's always appreciated uh, for fans to see. And I think that I don't doubt that, you know, these guys are to come back. That Dallas will score in this second uh, for sure. But I do think Tampa Bay is just out to say, hey, listen, we're not, we gave you, you know, a couple of days ago, but we're going to take it tonight.
1: I think the physical guys for or the physical teams that brought the physicality in the series were the two teams that went away. Right. So yeah. I think the Islanders play physical and try yep. to get into that. And so Tampa Bay played into that system and then they sort of met. And the same thing happened in that Vegas Dallas. I don't think Dallas is naturally the team to kind of rough it up, but because of Vegas's thing, they kind of had to. So it's not surprising that after dealing with those physical series, and they probably are banged and bruised beyond <laughs> what we even know, that they probably think it's refreshing to just skate and yeah. go after the, play the puck and play hockey, <laughs> um, and they're, they're probably yeah, not
0: too the, upset. In the Stanley Cup Finals, you normally know, don't see a lot of fights and stuff like that, unless it's something that's, you know, blatant that's happened that you know, needs to be addressed. Because so, they know how critical each power play yeah. is, and taking a, you know, fight, an uh, unnecessary penalty can cost your team and cost the Cup, so you can't be subject to that mindset, so I think that always plays a key into the Stanley Cup finals where you don't see a lot of fights. You don't see a lot of fights in the playoff, at least in the late rounds of the playoff. In the early rounds, you'll see some, you know, get momentum and, you know, try to swing the tide or whatever, but the later in the playoffs you get, the less likely you are to see fights unless it's something real blatant, a dirty play or a dirty hit, something like that, so Unless you're it's, Ryan Reeves. They're all focused on the clubhouse, <laughs> they're happy to be there, and you know want to get that Stanley Cup.
1: Right. And I- I think that also there's a lack of true rivalries once it's East versus West. Right. Yeah. I mean, in the earlier rounds, you've placed that team throughout the regular season and now it's the pivotal playoff moment and you're just trying to get to the cup. And, you know, I just think that you just see that physicality, you know, beefed up, not the penalty side of it, you know, like fighting is down, but even just sort of like the crazy heavy hits that you see yeah. in the earlier rounds, I mean, you still see hits in the, in the finals, and they're still going for it. Uh, but I don't think they're quite as heavy. Heavy and you know taking chances because just like carol i mean it's a great point you don't want to take that penalty that that costs your team the stanley cup right it's not worth it
2: and that but that also shows like who are the players that are mature (laughs) and who are the players that are not going to showboat and who are the players that really are dedicated to their team and dedicated to winning the cup and there's like a fine line there because i still feel like there's a couple players that you know, would rather fight, you know, drop the gloves than the latter. and it's like, oh, come on. So you're you're not quite there, at Ryan Reeves. Um, but that's okay because I think that who we have in this series, um, they're tough. I mean, is it Kalorn? Um, wasn't he was out in the first like minute of the? I don't know if you guys saw that, but I mean, he's he's kind of no joke. I mean, yeah pretty intense um hit and so it it, it's there but i think that they're going to show the maturity during the series and i think carol's spot on that like it's not worth the risk don't be that guy (laughs) yeah
1: exactly so real quickly uh because i do want to get to a couple of capitals questions because i kind of build it on our uh thing that we would talk about some of that um the series i mean dallas performed very well in the in the first game but it was really their goaltender just played out of his mind I thought Tampa Bay put a lot more shots on that yeah should have broken through in that game and they didn't I think that Dallas may have the best goaltender, although I say that in the pregame, and that's in my mind, and I watch him give up three early on in this, but all of them are really wobbly, flickering pucks from the point breaking through with lots of traffic, uh, which is exactly what you got to do, but it's not all on that goalie for trying to stop that. He didn't see it. It was being deflected. Uh, You know, none of those three goals, I thought in the first period, were soft goals, uh, you know, uh but um he'll obviously have to play better for them to come back but i think over the course of a couple of games it's hard to put a shutout or like a one goal game together in consecutive nights um uh it'll be interesting any final thoughts on game one and what you've seen here and then i I do want to talk about some cap stuff
2: uh i just think uh are you asking me or carol yeah you, you, you okay um I think, uh, Kodobin, uh, he, you know, you gotta love the guy. I mean, 35, what was he? 35 saves. Um, he's just fantastic, but you also have to take into consideration he's only 5'11. So that's, you know, for a goalie and for certain, Barely taller uh, than me. So I mean. <laughs> certain hockey players, it's like, you know, he doesn't have that height that's, you know, going to take up the entire, you know, post and stuff like that. So I just admire his spirit, and I think the team backs him up. And I think he just has a good vibe and appreciates, you know, everything. (laughs) oh everything about what. So now I'm distracted because i was like, oh, there's a dog.
1: No, well, she wanted to be in the frame, so (laughs) sweetheart.
2: Yeah. Um, but I feel like you have two goalies that you just can't, uh, you know, not acknowledge and not respect, and you know, know that Tampa Bay. And the stars are going to give it a hundred percent and their goalies are to just be admired, respected and, and cheered on. And I don't know. I just think, but there's something about, Kadov and i can just i just have a soft spot for the guy
1: <laughs> yeah i i think i can like easily that. root for either of these teams i have friends that like both of them both people back in texas right. i have a friend that's a diehard tampa bay fan somebody that was really nice and rooted for the caps you know when uh they were eliminated by them in 2018 which i thought was right. really classy so i kind of like feel like i owe him one you know <laughs> right. so, uh so you know shout out to pat for that but you know it's uh uh, you know, it's tough. I wouldn't be upset either way. And I'm just excited for a fun series. And I think that's kind of a really cool way to look at it. I don't Absolutely. know how billable it is outside of the, the diehard hockey fans. I don't yeah. know if people are tuning into NFL and these crazy NBA conference finals. <laughs> right. and, you know, hockey's always kind of fourth. And, you know, so that's a little bit tough. I thought, oh, they're going to get the cup before the NBA finals. Maybe they can draw <laughs> extra ratings somehow that way. But the right. Western Conference NBA playoffs might be higher rating than the cup finals, which I okay. understand, you know, Completely. but I've, I've enjoyed it at least. and so Oh, I'm, I have
2: too. And I, like I said, I have it on now and, and I'm excited to, to come back and talk to others that appreciate it, regardless yeah. of who else is watching.
1: <laughs> yeah, sounds good. All right. So the two big news stories that we started at the very beginning of the show, and we'll use it to kind of uh, round out the entire yeah. uh, show here. Obviously, Peter LaViolette uh, is the coach for the Capitals. So he signed a multi-year deal. Uh, I haven't gotten the final terms, I don't believe. Um, at least I didn't have them in my original document. Uh, but I'm happy with a multi-year deal, You know, yeah. even if it's a little bit more expensive. I think the rumor was four years, four mil. I'm not sure if that's exactly where they landed. Um, and uh, I'm okay with that. It's halfway between... You know, with the crazy high trots, five mm-hmm. year, five million, right. and, you know, a low three million, but you're going to have to pay for experience. We talked about his stats at the very beginning of the show uh, three cups and, you know, second winningest US born coach and all that. Yeah. Um, he picked the guy that I wanted from the beginning. So I'm excited. I just thought, I know that you didn't have a dog in the fight, you know, initially. Do you have any reaction to, uh, to finding out about it?
2: Um, well, actually, after we did that show, I, I did like my own little, you know, <laughs> sports research moment. Right. Um work. Because I knew that, like, I still, I was trying to find some redeeming qualities in Babcock and I just didn't really feel like he was going to be a good addition to the team. So he was not one that I felt. But when it came to Lavi, I was like, you know, there's just something about this guy from the beginning. Gil has always said, like, this would be a good one. I think we all kind of felt like he had a, a good, re- you know, record. I wanted to see more. And I actually, just by chance, had a chance to see him being interviewed um, on some NBC or whatever local station recently and a woman was just asking him questions like you know what's your favorite this favorite that you know whatever kind of thing and every answer he gave was so genuine and so relatable and his story about talking to Alex Ovechkin and how he was almost starstruck to be coaching someone like an Ovechkin really just made me think okay I feel really good about this guy. Like I feel, you know, obviously on camera and and whatever he is, uh, he's gonna say all the right things, but it wasn't forced, it was very personable. He talked about his family and everything else. But I do think that the clips that you see of him in the locker room where he's a bit of a hard ass, we haven't seen that obviously with (laughs) Todd Um, in those two years, I think it's gonna be refreshing for everybody. And I like think, I mean, we yeah. have a
1: hard-ass coach from you know the Predators, right? That worked yeah. the last
2: time, <laughs> and you know
1: maybe you know roll the dice and have it work again, right? why not? Yeah. Both, both were successful previously. Yeah. Both came in uh, to a hungry situation where they've kind of been knocked down and want to prove themselves. Maybe one last big time. Yeah, you know, he's been in the league a long time. Who yeah. knows how many more chances he'll have, right? So he's got to come in with that fire in his belly, which I think is important. Yeah. Where it's hard when you're Todd Reardon, you just want it, you know, as an assistant, yeah. but uh, it's it's a little bit different. But I'm just excited. I heard a lot of interviews with them. They do a great job doing these Zoom ones with the GM and him taking questions. That oh, was good. a wonderful 27-minute thing. I think I shared it to the PowerPoint oh, podcast right, right, right. page. Yeah. yeah, And so that was really great. I highly encourage people to check it out. Also, he was on Elliot in the Morning uh, this oh, past week. It and that's on their YouTube channel. Um, I've been a big Et- Elliott fan since they he's started. So,
2: he's fantastic. Yeah, because yeah, he, he, I love that
1: he loves hockey and he loves yes. the Capitals and he's got to deal with, you know, Ted Leonsis and like he got a ring. I mean, oh, Ted yeah. Leonsis gave him a ring. Well deserved. I mean, <laughs> and uh, so I, I'm happy he did. And it was a great interview. I, I didn't get to hear it live. It was at 7.30 in the morning. I went back and listened to it on YouTube later fantastic interview said all the right things love that he flew the capitals flag on a beautiful day Uh, you know and so he's done all the things right obviously we're a weekend we don't know he said he's going to take his time with his coaching staff picks he's going to interview everybody that's still on the staff he's going to talk to them he's going to interview people he's worked with in the past he's going Mm -hmm. to try to come to a consensus and figure out what is the best team to move forward with? I think that's a great way. Don't say ax everyone that was before. Don't say it's only my staff or bus. Have conversations, talk to the players, see what they are interested in and what type of coaches would be useful for them. Yeah, You know, that's the way you're gonna have to play it, I think, especially if you wanna turn this around and try to, in my mind, they've got another two year window with this guy, right? You You know, and let's try to win it in these next two years. Uh, And then maybe they can win it again if they did, you know, so that would be fantastic. So the other thing is a little bit sadder news. John Carlson for Norris. We were trying to champion that all season. Uh, Roman Yossi deserves it. Talking about Predators, you know, you can't
2: you can't take it away from him. I mean, truly. (laughs) He
1: had an incredible second half of the season. I know that everyone remembers what John Carlson did in the first half of the year. But the reality is, is due to injury and lots of other reasons, he came off a little bit and he just didn't play that same level throughout the season. And what they tend to do with these awards is they give it to somebody who may come on stronger in the second half of the season in a time where the games matter a little bit more. Absolutely. And and, uh, it's unfortunate, right? Because he got second place. And kudos to him, because I know second place doesn't get you a trophy, right? But it's still one of the best performances by a Washington defensive player in the last 25 years. And it should be noted as such, but -hmm. it just still fell short and wasn't the number one in the league. But being the second best in the league is still incredible. Because remember, he signed that huge contract just a couple of years ago that people were like, is he going to live up to it? Well, this is him living up to it. I know we didn't end up performing Carol, I want to get your quick thoughts
0: on it, but then I want to get Anna's thoughts on it, too. Uh, I mean, I actually wrote an article earlier in the season when he was playing very well, you know, thinking that he would be able to win the Norris, which I felt like, you know, he should have at least been mentioned in the conversation, which he was this year. He should have been uh, last year, and especially on the cover run season. But, uh, I mean, like you mentioned, you know, his play did fall off towards the end of the season. We saw where the Capitals ended up, and, uh I mean, I'm not really upset that he didn't get it, but it gives him something to build off of. I've always said I love that he's a homegrown talent. that he drafted, that, uh, you know, he developed, he got his big contract, he got his ring, you know, junior world champion, all of that good stuff. So, I mean, you know, it's another, another step in the maturation of him and him being a top defensive player. The fact that he was even mentioned in the category, you know, legitimately and not just in passing, Shows that his game is growing. And he still has room to grow and room to improve, and one day he will win that doors.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. Anna, what are your thoughts?
2: Uh, I agree with Carol on that one. I, I do feel like he's definitely going to be a contender in the future. Um, I, he is not a player that I have uh, any regrets saying why in the world would we ever sign this guy. I I have. I don't have any regrets. I think that he proved himself that first half. Um, not to get on a personal level, but you know, his wife did become pregnant, and there were some other things going on that that could have had him a little bit distracted the second half, along with the coaching, along with the injuries, um, along with the whole, you know, who COVID is COVID and everything. Yeah, you know? who is he best match with, and then we have COVID, so it's like there's a whole, you know. Ridiculous kind of melting pot of reasons to say John Carlson, you know, like what happened. Um, I think, I think that we will see him being nominated again. I don't think that um, you know he's a player that we're not going to see excel, you know, coming out next season. Um, and I do think under this coaching, I think that it's going to hold him to a higher standard. And we're going to really see him, you know, come out and say, okay, yeah, this is it. This is John Carlson. And this is him consistently through this season, not just that first half.
1: Right. And One thing that I'd be very excited about seeing is his maturation on the defensive side. I thought his points per game and stuff like that were great early on. And that's why everyone was talking about him, because for some reason, it's an offensive defensive award in people's mind, right? Uh, I think it should be best all around. And I think that that's actually what it says, but that's not what they seem to vote on. Right. right. Um, but this year I, I think the winner had a bit of both. Right. So I think if John Carlson wants to win next year, I think if his defensive game because now he played the most minutes on our team. So he's going to have potentially the most turnovers. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I understand that fundamentally. Um, but if he could cut that back and still, you know, have a lot of assists, maybe not even have as many goals, but really be a stop-down defensive player and have, let's say, two-thirds the points, right? right. I think then you have such an argument there that – and if it leads us to wins, right? If it were, you know, instead of at the tail end of the season, barely holding on, uh, you know, we ended up winning the division, you know, by de facto, you know, but like – if he if we're running away with the division because he defensively is becoming a shutdown defender in addition to scoring some points then it's really hard to you know, ignore him in the, in the conversation
2: absolutely so i think like the 75 point thing needs to just be like a uh, low end of the totem pole and and let's see all the other factors to to make him you know the the number one contender yeah, yeah. i agree
0: so he still has plenty of time to get that. He's only, what, not even but barely 30, if that. So, I mean, you know, his, his play did tell a lot, but he was playing solid defensively. He played a 200-foot game. You know, he does a lot of back checking, a lot of forward checking,
2: mm-hmm. and, you know, he
0: does play the power play, and uh, he does play, you know, not top-tier, you know, defense, but I, I can't really say that he hasn't, you know, stepped his, defensive game up and have improved. I mean, does he still have room to grow? Definitely. Everybody does, but right. I feel like his defensive play, you know, in each zone, neutral zone, offensive and defensive is, you know, one of the top in the uh, league. Unfortunately, like you say, his performance tailed off towards the end of the season. And, you know, like I said, I'm not really mad that he didn't get it, but, you know, he still has something to shoot for.
1: Right. And so, some Caps fans who just saw his stats of the first row of the season and heard all the talk, Saying it, it's like a travesty right now. I already saw that some <laughs> boards are blowing up, being like, "He got robbed." I was like, I, "I mean, you." My issue, and I love Caps fans. I'm a diehard Caps fan. Yeah, we'll, we'll start that. But sometimes some fans just look at their team and don't necessarily look at all the other teams in the league. Right. And just because you didn't win, just got you got robbed. Maybe somebody outplayed you, and yeah. you know, I. I, I call it Sidney Crosby syndrome. Right. Yes. <laughs> that, very true. And I, you know, that happens with so many teams and so many fan bases. So it's not yeah. something that's unique to Washington. I hear about Rangers fans doing it all the time and plenty of other ones too. And it's, it's sad, right? Because I understand that you have got rose colored glasses. I love the Washington capitals. There's Washington's Capitals stuff currently <laughs> all over my room. Right. So, you know, the, I, it's, I get that. But I also saw highlights from other games. And and I agree with you, Carol. He played defensively at times great. Yeah. And he was put into a lot of situations that maybe he shouldn't have been with some of the pairings and, and some of the time on the ice and what he was expected to do, uh, especially because uh, we don't have an Orpic and a Niskanen and some of these other players that were in that 2018 run. Uh, so he's got to be that veteran leader. And you were dead on, by the way. He is 30 years old. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, he has time for sure. Uh, Hockey is a different sport than other ones. You could play until you're 35, even if you're maybe 40, you know. Uh, but defensive players, they can lose a step. So they, they tend not to play quite as long into their – it depends on who you are, though. Some Some play forever, like Chara. But if you're I was seven, gonna feet, say, Chara. Seven, seven feet tall, you maybe have an advantage, uh, you know, Chara, Thornton, Marlowe. <laughs> right. There are definitely some of those gray beard, you know, people, but <laughs> they've got to have such great technique to try to yeah. counteract some of that speed that comes from the forwards from the other side. Uh, but you know, for the most part, you know, I hope that he's the next Orpic for us and he plays till he's 40 something. You know, that would be great, Amazing. especially because we drafted him and he did great things with the Hershey Bears and all the way through. And And he's a great player. I mean, and he's great at interviews. I love him on the radio and yeah. he's always solid and he's always very honest. And uh, I think he's a great ambassador for the sport and for the Washington Capitals. Uh, so I, there's no knock on him. I just sometimes you get beat just barely by an, for an award. And that's just what happens. And so. Yeah. Um, and I think that's an important thing to take into consideration. Uh sometimes people are quick to being like <laughs> 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 he got robbed. Well, and, of course, uh, and then it, when
2: you look at who the who the player is <laughs> and who what team they come from, it's like, well, you know, and then it's a bigger deal than it needs to be. And it's like sometimes it just comes down to statistics and you have to look at the whole season up until COVID. And you know, Carlson didn't have wasn't so great those. January, February time. So, what yeah, can you def- do? But second place for us um, is the best we've finished in a very long time.
1: I, I don't think yeah. anyone's finished this high since you know Mike Green probably in voting. You know, I can't think of another one that would have been you know up there. You know, for right. a Norris Trophy. So, uh, Tampa Bay's on the power play again. Their first one, I do no, So Dallas's power play lapsed. Now Tampa Bay is back. They're two for three with five shots. Um, and, uh, so, uh, let's see if they can, uh, get another one here. So again, it's three, nothing just in the beginning of the second period. Oof. I did want to mention that the Nats are up five, one over the Phillies now. Uh, and they've got somebody on second base with one out now in the bottom of the seventh in that matchup, but I'm very excited for this series. Uh, I mean, it's, it's going to be very close. I mean, Anna, I'll let you get the first crack at your thoughts on how the series is going to go. Uh, next, if it goes to a game six, game yeah. six would also be next week. If they end in less than six, I believe, then um, uh, then we'll talk about the. Episode. Well, no, no. I think we'll bring you on to to, to recap that. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't cut your cup cup run short like that. Uh, yeah
2: but um, oh boy I you know it's like I am I'm so torn because in the beginning I was absolutely about the stars thought they earned it whatever but then there's some players on Tampa Bay that I just respect and I, I don't know maybe it just it may just come down to the goalie and I may just have to pull for the stars <laughs> okay and I, I just I don't know there's There's something, and this Kalorn, I think, um, is getting on my nerves. So
1: So you're pulling for the Stars, but who do you think is going to win? Because I think those are two separate things.
2: Um, You know what? I actually, I think, I think originally I did think Tampa Bay, but I think after seeing yesterday's game, um, the Stars came out strong. Tampa Bay is coming out strong right now. God, I don't know. It's It's tough, right? It is. I mean, it's a good thing I'm not uh, betting because apparently my NFL picks suck too this week. Thanks, Washington. <laughs> oh,
1: no. Wait, are you picking players or are you picking just uh, win-loss? Teams
2: but then of course you know it's like i picked i went for the niners the niners won against the jets which is fantastic but then three of my players were taken off oh
1: no i have to say i was (laughs) perfect on sunday in my pickup so um but yeah so it's first time in a long time that's happened so i'll I'll, I'll take that but yeah it's it's a tough one okay um i'm gonna go with the stars okay so you're rooting for and you think they're gonna win all right carol you're next who are you rooting for and who do you think is gonna win (laughs)
0: Rooting for Tampa, and I think Tampa's going to win. Uh, okay. With them coming out this way. Go, Carol. Hopefully <laughs> they get together and can continue to what We saw them put up eight goals uh, in two series back-to-back. You know, they've got to get you know, get things going. Dallas is a, is a funny team to play against. Like I said, they have a methodical pace. They're physical. They have offensive skill, and they play solid defense. So you have to figure that out. And uh, I'm thinking they figured it out this game, and they can build off of it. Continue doing what they're doing in the game two. And I think they'll get the momentum and be able to take it home.
2: All right.
1: All right. To answer my own question, uh, to um, <laughs> I am pulling for the Stars, but just barely. I really want to, for Pat, pull for Tampa Bay. But I just, I, I don't know. There's something about this Stars team that I've really liked. Um, so I'm pulling for the stars, but I think Tampa Bay is going to win. So I'm going to split what you guys did, right? So yeah. I'm not pulling for the team that I think is going to win. But I'm not going to be upset about it because so, I want Pat. So I'm kind of helping Pat out by rooting for the other team just in <laughs> case I'm a jinx. So uh, so I, I'm rooting for the stars, but I think, um, I think Tampa Bay is going to win. Yeah. So, but uh, I, I could go either way, and I, I think the result could go either way. So I think it's a, a fun series. And next week we'll definitely break it down more uh, the, the rest of those games up until that point. And then, uh, well, a lot of people know the times of the series just so if they want to follow along and join us in uh, watching cup action, uh, by the way, Dallas then got on the power play. I don't see how that happened, but they've only 45 seconds left of it. So it's clearly not going well for them on that. And as I'm pulling up uh, the upcoming schedule and I have it right here. So yeah, um, the uh, So the, the next game is on Wednesday. All the games are at 8 o'clock, so I can just avoid the time, right? So yeah. 8 o'clock, uh, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Monday. So it's an interesting idea that they had. They wanted to avoid the NFL playoffs, which, was, yeah. which are the NFL games. Okay. Um, and so like that was very smart of them, right? And they wanted to also not um, play during too many NBA games, too. So they were thought... They do Wednesday and Friday. They miss Thursday night football. and then But they're doing Friday, Saturday. Yeah. So they're doing back-to-back games, which is that's really interesting. Uh, so that's games four and five are back-to-back. At least they don't have to travel, right? So, True. Um, and they always had played back-to-back at some point in every series up until now. Now, usually that never happens in the cup final, but usually you didn't, like, every series have that as a language um so that's really interesting and then uh they skip sunday which is smart so they don't have to compete with the nfl again and then monday at eight o'clock just like tonight would be a game six if it happens
2: so it goes up against monday night football though
1: goes up against monday night football but they couldn't i, I mean they, i don't think they could avoid both of them so yeah um and they're doing it against monday night football right now so i think that that's probably True. um and then uh, wednesday um would be the game seven next week so we'll either be talking about a game six going <laughs> on right or we'll recap a five game series next week
2: um, by everyone's these... going to be saying what were you thinking Anna, with the stars but <laughs> right
1: so exactly so uh
2: it'll be interesting for sure but uh any final
1: thoughts or anything final notes that you want to give us before we let you go
2: no that's it thanks for having me on i hoping to have a, a a better nfl week in my football pool. <laughs> my numbers just i i took a big risk this week and was like oh washington looked great and a lot of I'll, people
1: did yeah. you're not
2: alone yeah so you know that's what happens it's all good <laughs> it's against my brother-in-law's and like 18 other people so i'm like hey whatever um but no, I'm like I said, I, I'm excited about this series. Glad to talk to you guys, and I will hopefully talk to you next week with going into a game six or playing. Yeah, a game that's what six. I'm pulling for. I, I Regardless yeah. who
1: wins it, I wanted to at least go six. So we're talking about a game that's potentially a clincher or pushing Thank for you. a game seven. I think that'd be really fun and exciting. So it I'm makes pulling it awesome.
2: <laughs> I'm pulling for game
1: six more than I'm pulling for either of the teams. I, I guess ultimately from agreed. So.
2: Agreed. Um, but awesome. Thank you, Anna. I yep, it was it. great to see you guys, and I will definitely um, talk to you all very, very soon. Sounds good. Awesome. Alright, bye. bye. Alright.
1: Awesome. Wow, what a full show. Two in, About two and a half hours. We started a couple minutes late, so, you know, but uh, just a uh, crazy, crazy night, but it's been fun. I'm happy the Nats are up. I'm happy that this game is exciting. I'm happy that... Uh, They've got it to the Cup Finals, the NBA Conference Finals with no issues, and even this NFL season seems to be off without a hitch so far. Two two weeks in, I haven't heard of any reports yet. Baseball's kind of figured it out, um, and uh, yeah, we're nine weeks into sports, Carol. Nine weeks back, it's crazy how fast that's gone. Um, what are you, man,
0: who you telling? Me? I'm doing two three
1: shows a week,
0: so <laughs> I already <laughs> understand, brother. I did but two yesterday, one today, one tomorrow, another one probably later on in the week, who knows, but yeah, man, it's good to have sports back. I'm uh, watching the Saints-Raiders game. Saints are up 17-7, currently on defense. Vegas has the ball. Derek Carr's in the center. He uh, has a touchdown throw last series. Uh, The Saints came back and put three on the board to put it back to a 10-point lead, and uh, they've Derek Carr just completed the pass for a first down on a third and 10, looking to uh, get some more points on the board to bring the Raiders a little bit closer. Right, while we mentioned the uh, Nats are up 5-1, looking like hopefully things are under control in the seventh inning. And uh, it's just good to be back, man. Good to some of the stuff we got in the works. We got some new people on. at Joseph Carr, uh, zooming in with the fantasy football and picked up with some football coverage. Uh, we just growing, expanding, doing good things, man. You know, got the Julie Donaldson uh, interview tomorrow. Uh, we haven't got the confirmation on time yet, but hopefully we'll be getting that soon. And, uh, I, you know, I, I'll be uh, free out of Facebook jail at about midnight tonight. So, you know, tomorrow I'll be posting about it and uh, getting everything ready to rock and roll with that exclusive one-on-one interview. You know, we're trying to do some things. And the D.C. sports media let folks know we ain't playing. So, I'll be coming out of fresh out of Facebook jail with an exclusive interview tomorrow night. So unless things change, I'll keep you guys posted. But as of right now, everything should be good to go once I get the confirmation and time and everything. But should be good to go for tomorrow night. Make sure you check out the website, sportsothp.com. As I mentioned earlier, got the Sports OTSP apparel gear. Got the District of Champions gear. Click on the link for the District of Champions gear. You can order it. see Robbie got the pillow hit me up, inbox me, hit my page for the sports OTHP apparel shirts that I paired up with uh, Eric Coosin. Shout out to my man the side, Doing some nice things. Fall line coming soon. Hoodies, sweatshirts, hats, all that good stuff. Got some things in the works. So just stay tuned. Got so much more to come. D.C. sports without a politics. It's not just the catchphrase. It's not just the motto. It's what we do. And I'm out.